Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to One Issue Radio. I'm James Boyd. Here with me, I have Rich Lotta. Um, as often we've had to do um, throughout 2020, we we're going to start this show um, talking about uh, a lot of uh, some of the deaths we've we've witnessed and uh, you know have touched. Uh, I know me and Rich's uh, life for people that we care about, but also uh, um, some of you, our listeners, uh, Chadwick Boseman. And John Thompson, um, along with Lute Olson and Cliff Robertson, all died this week, this past week. Uh, you know, people say the stuff about things coming in threes. Well, 2020 sucks so much that it comes in fours. Yeah. Yo, I, you know, I've talked to Rich about this often about black actors in black A-list actors and how we've had so few of them um, in our lifetime and you know we always talked about like the younger generation and the young generation for uh, for us is like Chadwick Boseman at 43 um, and Michael B. Jordan is like you know these are the people that you know as long you know we can't longer we can no longer pretend that Denzel Washington is not in his 60s anymore like he is he, he can't be in that kind of same role, right? Like, he's even doing action movies about him being old, like Equalizer. Chadwick Boseman was important. Um, this before Black Panther and T'Challa and all that. Like, you go back to, you know, 42, he's Jackie Robinson. Um, he plays Thurgood Marshall before Black Panther. He's James Brown and Get On Up. And James Brown was a performance where I thought, like, this is a movie that has... A number of misses in it, but by the time he gets to, I think it's at the end of the of the movie, Ohio. I think they're in Ohio. He's in the red suit walking through in his dark light. By the time you get to that in the third act, where he's walking to the stage, you forget that that is not James Brown. You actually think that's James Brown. He was so good in this fucking role. And what instrument is that, James? <laughs> That's another drum. part. Yes, when he tells Macy Parker <laughs> that your your trumpet player, your trumpet is a drum as well. Um, but I, he was somebody that was just that talented, and to to find out that he's you know with the role of a lifetime with T'Challa and with all this newfound fame and him having to the fame being so bright that he everywhere they ask him to go they ask him to do the fucking Wakanda forever pose everywhere he go and you see the sadness in his eyes because he's been asked to do this for 
literally 50, 11 times. Um, this, become that famous and do all of that with all of that stress while fighting through, fighting for his life. It's just like, what a dude, what a person, right? I just, you know, um, I have not watched Black Panther. He never said a word about it. Like, no one knew. Um, he essentially, like, when Black Panther came out, like, and, you know, I saw Get On Up, of course. I saw uh, his, when he portrayed Jackie Robinson as well. But, Mm. like, when you see him in Black Panther, and, you know, me especially not, I don't watch the superhero movies and all that, but, Mm. like, I uh, watched Black Panther again. I watched some of it Saturday night, and it was just like, I can't believe this. Like, like right. it, it was just so shocking. And then, um, you know, the first time, you know, I saw him, I just loved the whole movie, and he was like a big part of that. And it, it just felt like something that, like, made sense, for me at least. And this was just like... Yo, man, it's just so sad because it's like, how do you, how do you prevent this? Like, and it's like, by the time the man got diagnosed, he was at stage three. So it's like, your clock's ticking. And it's, it's just a bad, like, sad situation all around. Yeah. Like, the th- you know, the think of being, to have that kind of, the I mean, basically the world is his from that point forward. Like he gets that movie, he was already you know as a as a he's already like B list celebrity level all that kind of stuff. But like this was the engine like this is the engine for Michael B Jordan and Chadwick Boseman to pretty much be able to step into that role to where they can pretty much get most things they want greenlit. Step into a uh, step into a production roles. You know, like this is supposed to lead to you know moving on up like. You know, on the east side, but um, <laughs> you know, we talk about all for progression for all you know um, for everywhere, like whether it's the music industry or whatever, in or in film, and he was going to get you know, given the, the roles he took and given you know some of the things we've 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 heard about him over the years, like I think he was going to open the door for a lot of black talent over the next few years. Um, you know, along with the rest of, um, the, the, <laughs> the rest of the, of black Hollywood that's super elite too, like, you know, like Ava DuVernay and, and Ryan Coogler. And I thought, I thought this was going to be the next wave. And you hear about how close knit all those like elites are like Gabriel, you know, another example, like I thought he was going to help shepherd a lot of that in over the, over the next few years. And unfortunately it's not going to happen. Um, but you know, uh, rest in power to him. Um, I mean, he has a he has a legacy. Like he legitimately yeah. has a legacy, given the roles he took and how good he was at these at these roles. Um, you know, there is a, a I don't want to say a typecast, but like he had a he had a thing that he wanted to do and he enjoyed to do um, playing these biopics, and he he knocked them out the park almost every single one of them. So, um, shouts out to him. Legend um, shit only. Like. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I mean, he was all, you, know, you look at uh, Twitter and see people talk about, like, he kept playing all of these heroes. All of these, you know, all, some someone that's a hero to other people, right? Whether it's Jackie Robinson or Thurgood Marshall or, or James Brown or, and, you know, and then he plays a fucking superhero, literally. It's like, it's, you know, um, like, I'm not going to get into Black Panther and the future for that, 
they're not going to shut that down. They're making too much money off that, but whatever. We'll figure what. Hopefully, that whatever they do comes in good and in, in, in um in appropriate taste. But um, I'm I'm from now on. I'm just moving on to uh, John Thompson. Is yeah, John- I I woke up this morning and saw that, and it was like. Wow! Just like the, the 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 quote unquote hits keep coming, and it was like John Thompson was a little bit before my time. Like I started watching college basketball in the late nineties. He's kind of heading out of Georgetown, right. of course. Mm-hmm. Like, but then you start learning about the history of John Thompson, and then the kind of man he was, and you always. We, we've talked about it on this show, like with the older generation and how they treat the younger generation. Um, John Thompson was somebody that like was willing to look past a lot of like quote unquote red flags about people to realize that like no matter like what kind of background like you know people like Iverson for example mm-hmm. come from like if he, Iverson's quote unquote untouchable, he's not untouchable for John Thompson because like. You ain't gonna disrespect John Thompson. Like, I'm right. sorry. Like, <laughs> it, it ain't happening. And, uh, legendary coach impacted a lot of, you know, the four Hall of Fame players, like he recruited essentially and, mm-hmm. um, and scared the shit out of white people for a real long time. Um, John I Thompson. Mean, look, yes. And also, like, don't, 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 don't pretend like somebody that's that size and a person that doesn't that's not like a lovable giant like he scared a lot of people even his fucking even his own uh um i don't know someone said students some even his own players this is why most of them at you know was out there walking around with a backup right like, yeah I, you never heard about any slip-ups with iverson in georgetown or Car- <laughs> or or uh you know someone with a big temper like alonzo morning none of that you, yeah there's a reason like right. that house was um, in order <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like I imagine, like um, the the respectability uh, politics loved John John Thompson. Like they were like, uh, oh, you yeah. you you keeping these whippersnappers snappers in line? Yeah, you know. And he's always dressed well too. So yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think the thing that's notable for him is I I'd have to look into it, but I have to imagine he's the first ever uh, black coach of a division one uh, of a dig- division one championship in any major three sport. Or major yes. four is going to include hockey. He's the first one in basketball. First uh, one in basketball, yeah. yeah I, first I one in basketball. So, like, I, look, do you think there was any uh, head coaching managers that won the, uh, won the uh, College World Series? No. <laughs> How about hockey? How about the Frozen Four? You think any uh, black head coaches won the Frozen Four? You know what? I I, I don't think I, I don't think so. Like, I mean, unless John Saunders, uh, was, 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 uh, out here splitting his time when he was still with us, uh, coaching, uh, Boston University between doing, uh, Sports Center and the like, I, and, uh, also, uh, outside the lines, I don't recall anybody coaching hockey doing that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there is no Nolan Richardson. There is no Kevin Ollie without John Thompson. This is not. Um, so I, you know, not to say that he, you know, he spearheaded no words, but like given the opportunity to get multiple jobs, you know, I just, he's, um, he's a very important figure. Um, like to, especially to Biggie's basketball. Like I was thinking about it so much as far as like when I was a kid, it's like kid to, you know, the time I stopped watching basketball is like, 
until the actually Biggie's basically got ripped apart. Um, with Syracuse and uh, UConn leaving, it was just like, yo, like for basically my entire existence, the only thing I know that that matters as far as college basketball is ACC in the Big East, and these are, you know, all hooked up in the same corridor. They're close. They're not. They're not schools that are that gigantic. And like they keep every single year, you already know like who's most who's going to win the uh, the the tourney. All right, somebody out the Big East, someone out the ACC, or like Michigan State or UCLA, one random year they, they get their shit together, or Kansas. <laughs> like that's pretty much what, what you knew. It was like those are the two preeminent conferences. You know, me, you as Duke, you know, Duke and Carolina fans, we we peep that. Like we always used to talk about like how much we used to enjoy watching those challenges and be like, we hope we fucking win. Like we, you know, how we were with uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox, as far as like. All right, one night only. Put that shit aside. Fuck the NL. <laughs> and to say, for me, it was always like, look, man, I, I, I hate watching Big East basketball. I don't understand why they're so good. These dudes look like they're like 30, 25. I don't really? get it. All of them, whether it was Syracuse or Georgetown at time or, or uh, St. John's. Yeah, good God. John's. Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, how was, look, like, look, Duke loved to roll, Duke loved to roll into Madison Square Garden and play St. John's and lose yeah. to, to, to some dudes that looked like they were, you know, like these were, and these were men with jobs they yeah. were playing against. Remember, remember those Pittsburgh teams in the mid, in the yes. late oh, 2000s? God, remember them teams? Yeah, Carl but, um, Krauser. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. Um, but yeah, just he was he was at the face of it. Like, there's a generation of people of the ESPN era that are older than us, where like a lot of their childhood revolves around John Thompson versus Jim Beheim on mm-hmm. a random you know on a random weekday, screaming their heads off at each other at refs. So. Um, it's it, you know like when you start uh, thinking about all those coaches like like Calhoun like uh, Bayheim yeah. Thompson like he's like there's like this class of coaches that like I don't want to say it's gone but it's like they are they, they don't grow on trees like yeah. it, like they don't walk through the door every day like you know Coach K is still hanging around and um, Roy like who's and left Roy's still hanging around who's left. I, like, I mean, I, would you consider Calipari part of that? Because I wouldn't. Yes. You would? Okay. Unfortunately, I, w- I would. He's been around long enough. Okay. R- R- is Patino still around? Patino got fired. Remember? That's right. That's he got right. Fi- yes. Yeah, he, got, yeah, yes, he, he has did. had a job since Louisville, I don't think. Yeah. Gotcha. But he would be a part of that, I wonder too, if he's somewhere well. small off the map. You know, yeah, he, like, he should. Like, no. pro- maybe. I, I'd have to look into it. Um. Yeah. But yeah, just like you know, you think about like you know how many of those guys still have jobs between Roy and Kay and Calipari and um someone like even like a Bob Huggins, and you're like, all right, these you know the coaches are like the faces of these programs of the sport, and like the guard has changed. Like you know, it's we're now in the you know um what's a Oh my God! What is Buddy from Villanova's uh, name? <sighs> I can't believe I can't remember his name. Jay Wright. That's right. You know, it's it's the Jay Wrights of the world. Like that is going to be like the next generation coming through. And like now, you're thinking about is it, like, all right, Calhoun has had cancer how many times? Uh, like these people that like you know were in your life, you know, for 
on and off for, for years as a child of like, they're going to be gone soon or more than be gone. And like the first one, the first domino is, 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 uh, is John Tompkins. So, you know, that's, um, that, that's, that's the part that mostly, that mostly saddens me is like, and also another part is like, he graduated almost all his kids. All but two, someone said. Yeah. Know how hard that is? Yeah. At Georgetown? That's... Georgetown, the school that <laughs> Look, was, yeah, once you like... find out it's not H, once you realize, you're like, wait a second, this isn't HBCU. This is a, this is a Jesuit college. What? Like, people, like, a lot of lawyers come out of here. What? What is going what do you find out that it wasn't so black historically black school? What do you find out? What do you realize? Come to that realization? Not that. that. Like, uh, like I would have assumed like it was like ha- another Hampton, but they were just like right. good or whatever. What? <laughs> right. I don't know. Like, yeah, it was just like uh, it had, probably when I was a teenager sometime. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, I mean. Other coaches, another part of the generation, Lute Olson passed away recently too. Uh, this within this yep. week, um, you know, think about the North Carolina, think about not North Carolina, all the Arizona runs in the Final Four they had. They won a national title. Was at ninety seven? Yep. Yeah, I mean, think of all the players he had. Lot, lots of recruits. Yeah, lots of them. He's pretty much like after UCLA started fucking off, he basically like, I'll take all those kids that y'all are botching and we'll, we will basically, you know, keep the, uh, the pack 10 up and running, um, until, you know, whenever UCLA pulls his head out of his ass, which is basically once a decade now. Um, yeah. Coach a lot of NBA talent. Yeah, yeah, a lot like, of guys. Yeah. Like guys. from, from Kerr to Richard Jefferson, to Jason of. Terry to, yeah, just lots of guys. Uh, Iguodala, just yeah. tons of guys. Um, yeah, Gilbert Arenas, Cliff right? Robinson, like, yeah, um, Gilbert Arenas definitely. Yeah, uh, he he was on the team with uh, Lauren Woods in two thousand one, as well as what was his name? It was a forward. I think it was Richard Jefferson was on that team with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was like a freshman or something. Yeah, he was super young. Um. Yeah, Luke Walton. Yeah, just just tons of guys. That's right. William Stoudemire. All remember American. him? Yep. Yeah. Uh. Uh. What's his name? Um. Uh. Didn't he have? Uh. Was it? He had a guard that was a shooter. His last name was Shakur, right? Mustafa Shakur. That's yep. Mustafa Shakur. I think. Yeah, man. Like he, lots of great college players. He he kept turning them out. Um, at a school where I can't imagine that's easy to do because the town's not close by. Um, so yeah. Um, then you yeah, mentioned Mike Clay- Bibby, Damon Stoudemire, Jesus. um, lots of talent. Jared Bayless. Yeah, I think he was still there. Um, yep, that was towards the end. That was towards the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of fucking guys. Like, <laughs> so. Anyway, rest in peace to Lute Olson as well. Um, and then Cliff Robinson was the last uh, person that died. Cliff Robinson just always kind of uh, like if you're uh, James and I's age, just kind of like an NBA staple you grew up with. Like yeah. you never knew what team Cliff Robinson would be on, but you would always see him and in you would always see the headband in the playoffs yep. somewhere, like in the second round or something like <laughs> yep. that. And, you know, like 
w- one of the headband forefathers. <laughs> a dude that I think, you know, given his game, if he came around later, he probably would end up being even better. As a person that was a, you know, perennial uh, rotation guy in the NBA for years and years and years, um, he di- I mean, he was... I mean, cause he would have been a better shooter than he was in. He already had, he had a shot. He could have, he was able to guard multiple positions. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he would have been a, he would have been a, he would have made a lot of money. Um, and in this day's NBA, uh, if he came around, you know, 20 years later. Um, but yeah, I, I don't even know what the cause of his death was. I just, I just heard, but I was like, I can't really. He's only like 50 yeah. something, if early 50s. Yeah. 53. Yeah. yeah. You know. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I wonder if I have to go look around and see if, like, Cliff Robbins has any interviews on, like, talking about Clyde Drexler during the 92 finals. Because, you know, like, when, when you have, to. when you, you have, have yeah, got to. Because, you know, the classic picture when you have um, Magic Michael Jordan doing the shrug to Magic Johnson, like, you see Cliff Robson, like, walk. He, in the picture, in the frame, so it's like I wonder what his thoughts were on all this kind of stuff. Um, he was big homie well, to so many people. He's got to be a charismatic uh, figure, huh? <laughs> like, why'd you even get this man started? <laughs> yeah, and you know, like, given how he's such a, you know, he's taught up as such a uh, mentoring type. Like, he's got to be like this gregarious personality. We just got to, um, I got to check for some of this stuff. Um. So yeah. that, that's what I'll be doing is like looking through some of these interviews, with some people, especially John uh, Thompson. Um, like the, I saw some of the um, Iverson Hall of Fame speech with um, talking about uh, Thompson. It was just like, yeah, like that dude saved him, you know, in a time where, you know, it was so hard for uh, so hard for Iverson after that, after that bone alley fight where like, you know, now I don't think that, discourages teams in that kind of way, obviously, but he took, a, he took at that time it was a real move, bold move to go, you know, go to bat for Iverson. And, you know, he's one of those love figures in NBA history. Like, we don't have that without uh, John Thompson. So, and All also right. some great teams. Like, I mean, some of those some of those mid-80s uh, Georgetown teams, some of the greatest teams of all time. Um, you know, based around Ewing. So, um, was it three straight final or three 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 straight championship three games? Straight and, final. Yeah. So. Yeah, and they yeah. won one. Yeah, so I guess we got always the bad guy. Yeah, quote unquote. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder why. Um, <laughs> so um, I guess it's time to move on. Talk about more um, the pressing things. Uh, last week I was reporting this show. Um, video surfaced of. Jacob Blake, um, being nearly executed by a police officer, shot at point blank range seven times. Policeman was so unthreatened that you can see the police officer grab him by the back, grab, grab or grab him, touch him on the back before it, you know, shooting him seven times in the back. Uh, I saw him. I thought for sure this dude was dead. Uh, unfortunately, he's still alive. He's paralyzed from the waist down. Um, I don't know anything about his, uh, prognosis as far as like, you know, could he, you know, eventually be able to walk again, but, you know, um, at this juncture, he's lucky enough to be alive given the, the, the horrible situation that happened to him. Um, 
what were your thoughts on seeing that video? Man. <sighs> Confusion. Um, I'm trying to process the whole thing, like, because it's not coming from a body camera. It's coming from, like, an external camera, mm-hmm. um, kind of ducked off in the distance. You see him walking into his car. Everyone's screaming, and it seems like everyone around the situation saw what was about to happen before it happened. Yep. And it was like the pe- the the woman was screaming like no, no because you know the guns were drawn and he took you know he's walking back in the car and then he hits them seven times in the back. You weren't like I, people people were saying he was like trying to retrieve a knife or something. I was like uh what is a knife going to do against a gun? And also, what is this knife going to do against this body armor that you're wearing? What, like, if you needed to detain the man, why couldn't you, like, use your, like, hands? Like, you could have, like, restrained him. You could have done, you know... A million other things and shoot him and and let him let seven off in his back, um, and then paralyze the man. I hope he sues. I hope he gets every dollar. I hope he drains the department of their funds, literally defunds the police. And it was just like shock, like, yo, we did all this marching and protesting and fucking shit up and everything like that and it's just like they insist on killing us why and I just saw it and I was just like I was heartbroken again and then just like put that in your mental Rolodex uh, one more thing you don't you, you don't want to do is turn your back to the police because then they may feel threatened again yeah um you mentioned um the either a woman or multiple women um were yelling like no 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 please don't do this it's like it's almost like someone is it's almost like a weird foreshadowing like you see you hear you see the name you read you click on the name you see someone happening you click on the video and this person is basically like narrating like this person what I thought at the time was their their demise like and I'm watching it and I'm at a point now with these videos where I'm never numb to them initially I'm I'm numb to them after I'm able to get away from the video um but my initial reaction was just like not anger not sadness um, I don't even know if the right word is upset, but it was just like, I guess the word's incredulous. Like, I can't believe he's getting in a car. He's getting in the car. You put your hands on his back as he as he as he opened the door. You touched him. You were comfortable enough to touch him, and then you moved your hand out of the way, and then you let off in him seven times. And at the time, I thought he was dead. I thought he was dead. Um, I, in, in my mind, I'm thinking like, you were, 
this I'm thinking of how this is going to play out, you know, whether he's fired immediately or not, and then charges come or they don't, but the defense is going to be, he felt threatened and like, I'm sorry, but I just don't buy that a motherfucker that's in armor, as you mentioned, and with a gun, a nightstick, a flashlight, handcuffs, like basically like Cameron on, um, on down and out, like he got, um, old Tim's padded boots, hand grenades, goggles on a peril, or goggles and a parachute. He has all that shit on him. And he kept coming up to touch him with his bare fucking hand. And then fin- and then decided, nah, that's not enough. And then moved his hand away and then shot the dude to fuck up. And, you know, you later find out that, like, his kids, three of his kids were in the, were in the back seat. It's like, so you just let off shots into this dude and with kids in the back seat watching their, watching effectively, you know, watching their, their father die in front of them. Like the kind of trauma right. that is forget the, uh, forget the, what happened to, um, the physical body for a second. Like imagine being a kid watching in, in, in your mind, like the strongest person, you know, Right just basically just get holes put into them and then like left their body is there just like watching their soul leave out their body or watching their body just slump down like it, it's that's that's that is just like so disgusting and like should never happen to anybody under any circumstance and I watched a video and I'm just like wow um, and then from there I moved to you know what I just described to y'all just like I just can't uh, you start just what what excuse will they come up with next is my next thought like what excuse are you come up with to defend and then you see the stuff it's like it's the, the same shit well if he had just dot 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 bro there is no there is literally no um, recourse that a black person can take to keep themselves from getting shot a hundred out of a hundred times or a thousand out of a thousand times name one Hands in your head, they want to shot. shoot your ass, they will. Hands in your head, shot. On your knees, shot. Laying on the ground, shot. There's cases for all of those situations where somebody has laid down. The only the only way to and, not get killed is to not while being black by a police officer hundred percent of the time is to not exist. It's not that's, that's like it's, avoid it's, the it's police. I mean, we've all, I mean, all of us do that. Most of us all do that. Who wants to hang around cops? No one. Like, and I, that's not even a, that's not even a black person thing. That's everybody. We don't want, no one wants to hang around cops. Like, what good can come, come out because, of that? Because everybody knows <laughs> that, like, there's potential for some shit like this to happen. But especially for black yeah. people. Yeah, so um, it's a uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm happy the man didn't lose his life. Um, I'm happy he's able to you know continue living. However, like it's fucked up. Like he's paralyzed. He's never gonna walk again. Like I don't know, man. Like and I don't I, like I, that. It doesn't necessarily make me feel better that he's he's only paralyzed. Like this, it's still a tragedy. Yeah. 
You had a yeah. you have a citizen getting shot by an authority of the state seven times for what amounted to something that should never end with someone being shot seven times. I don't give a fuck if there was a gun in, or not a gun, but uh, if there was a knife in there. We we just went over this. How much shit do you need to where you feel comfortable enough not to uh, use the option that will most efficiently kill somebody? I guess they only feel comfortable when they got their SWAT uniforms on with the helmets and the like face masks like and, like you know, the, the steel toe boots and the, the fucking shield and, and, and the fucking everything. Like, apparently they have to dress like the fucking Terminator or some shit to feel like, you know, they have a pair of nuts. Just, just ridiculous. I hate it. I yeah. hate them. So, um, in, in lieu of that, uh, move on, we can move on from there unless you have anything else you want to say about, uh, Jake, the Blake, Jacob Blake situation. Um, I hope Jacob Blake, uh, is able to recover from this. I hope, I hope a miracle happens and he can walk again. Yeah. Um, I hope he was able to find some kind of, return to normalcy after this happened because like this is undoubtedly changed his life for absolutely the worst um and his life may may or probably has been ruined um thanks to you know to some shit he probably funded with his own taxpayer money right um so anyway uh in the aftermath of this, the NBA um, stopped the playoffs for like three days. Uh, going through, reading through some of the stuff, listening to the reports, it seems like uh, the Milwaukee Bucks up 3-1 in their series uh, against the Orlando Magic. Um, you know, some of them felt, you know, still fucked up about this whole situation like a lot of us. And they felt like the need to do something. Um, and they felt like maybe, you know, we shouldn't play basketball. Um, we're up 3-1 in the series. We got this series comfortably under control. Um, maybe we should let this one go. Let the world think about what the fuck happened. Um, and we'll get back to it later on. And then from there, things snowballed because the NBA wants to be the NBA Players Union our player association wants to be a united front. So once one team wants to forfeit, the team that is um, they're playing against doesn't want to be the team that is willing to play and takes the forfeiture, of course. They have pride. Um, and then you have the other teams that are on the schedule, like the Rockets and Thunder, and then later the Lakers and the Blazers. And, you know, people want to hear from them. Um, so then it turned to everybody is not playing. Um, all six teams are not playing. And then people, you know, there are obviously people in that bubble that never want you to go to that bubble. Um, you know, it's a, you know, it's majority rules type of thing. It's a players league. It's, it's a you know, star driven league. So, um, the votes aren't even. And, you know, there was a call to even start this bubble thing with LeBron and Westbrook and Harden and Chris Paul and Steph and, um, Kawhi and whatever. And, you know, them wanted to get this thing going. Start, caused it to happen. Um, so they had a bunch of meetings and 
you know, um, ultimately they decided to, you know, they want to talk to some of the owners or all the owners and get some of their commitments to different things. Um, more money from what they already, uh, uh, had the owners agree to before going to the bubble to go towards, um, social injustice. Uh, and then also now there are more, um, NBA stadiums that are going to, um, do polling for, um, the election, uh, which is definitely helps because a lot of these arenas are in, um, black communities, and a lot of these black communities, um, polling stations are being fucked with and they're creating like polling deserts. So, so there's only so many places people can go. And with the effects of COVID, people do not want to risk, um, you know, risk, potentially risk their lives to fucking vote. Um, because, you know, the, the mail's being getting fucked with. Everyone knows the mail's being fucked with. Um, so it's, 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 it was so weird, you know, just the, Looking back at it, Richard, at, in real time, it's like, oh, I think this shit's done. What were, what were your thoughts on it? Do you think this mm. shit was done at the time? I was like, wow. Cause I've never seen an NBA team like flat out refuse to play, like right. even through Donald Sterling, which you right. would have thought maybe something would have happened then, right? Um, I was like, all right, if you don't want to play, all right, cool. I'm with you. You yep. know, you, you know, I'm a radical ass nigga myself. So, um, <laughs> like, like, I, 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 so I, I was like, all I, right. hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, I spent that in one of the threads that, uh, that I'm also in with you for that to be your nickname in one of these threads. I fully spent wow. an old, old L apostrophe radical hyphen ass nigga to be one of those in one of them. I, I, I have an idea which one it's going to be in, but in one of them 20 that you better, it better be it in one of those. So I saw, I was like, you know me, I'm quick to like, you know, not watch some shit or like, or sit out on something and be like, I feel like it's going to make a st- statement. I ain't watched NFL in years. This is four it's years coming up. Years yeah, so, yeah. So, all right, cool. And then I was like, I heard like 24 hours later, it's like, all right, cool. They decided to resume. And I'm like, well, what happened? Like, right. <laughs> like, like, huh? Like, uh, like, what are we doing here? And I started, you know, thinking about it. And it was like, I'm sure there's a lot of money on the table from this year, next year. And of course, like you always kind of, if you have to weigh the, the money factor in to this, you have to do that. It's irresponsible otherwise to do that. Yes. You know, if you want to make a statement, fuck this, we ain't playing. Right. Uh-huh. But. I don't know, man. It's it's a really like you know, it's a really difficult situation because then you have like stuff like Kenny Smith was walking off the air, right? Uh, trying to show solidarity with the players that puts Shaq and Charles in a tough position. Um, and there's one thing that I'm not a fan of is you know, is like if if we can keep the you know if we can keep this in the house and we ain't got to show everybody. Um, Let's do that first before, <laughs> you know, everyone else gets to make these decisions uh, and these judgments for upon us uh, uh-huh. as black people. But um, I, I figured it was like, you know, it was a lot of confusion because I was I was like, well, what happened? And I never really got an answer on what happened rather than thinking like, OK, I guess, you know, they the players have to get back to it. It's like we didn't come all the way through this bubble you know, to, to pack it up essentially. And 
is like, well, what can we do? So they needed to find something to do. Like, even though the action was not playing, like there's always, they're always going to be asked, well, what do you plan on doing next? Like, right. no, we're not worried about what's yeah. next. We're worried about what we, what the hell we did because you know why? Because everyone else is worried about why we're right. not playing. Everyone else is on Twitter saying, Oh, why is there no game tonight? Like this was what got their attention. Like whatever comes next, it's not on us to fucking fix the problem. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. That's one of the things. Like one of the t- one of my favorite tweets about this whole situation is like <laughs> the NBA is doing more to try to combat and try to fix <laughs> these these structural uh, inequities. It's they're doing more than than the fucking government actually is to do it. It's like. Yeah, you know, that's that's the thing that always with me. You know, when even when it was get, getting back to the bubble and there was stuff about whether or not Kyrie Irving was a, a disruptor or not that Woj wrote, which is bullshit. But whatever. Um, like the word, the word is not disruptor. It's there's something that you can use besides disruptor, but that that's not a fair word. Uh, but my my thought always was like, and this is the thing when it comes to anybody. Anybody that takes a stand against injustice is like, it is not this individual person is not Martin Luther King or Malcolm X or, or Angela Davis or whoever, Fred Hampton, John Lewis. It is nobody's responsibility that is underneath this fucking boot to, to get the boot off our necks. It's on the people who are, that are, that are in, foot is inside the fucking boot. So we have the NBA that's 80%, 80 something percent black. And these are some of the most powerful black men in this country, black people in this country. And they are basically like t- putting their careers on the line and their career earnings and money in jeopardy in a capitalistic society that nets them said power to try to make life just even for people that look even. like them. Yeah. Right. To make their lives look just even for the other, uh, you know, 40 some odd people that look like them. It's like, I commend them for them, but I'm also heartbroken for them because like, I, it's, it's, it absolutely, look, it's, it is, this ain't fair to them. I, I don't want to, I don't know how, I, other like uh way I can articulate this was like this ain't some shit that they got they got us into this is some shit they were born into just like everybody else and it is nobody's responsibility um on our side that looks like us to fix these problems because we didn't create them and we don't uh profit off them and we don't um shepherd them into the future either all this shit is all this shit is dropped on us and we have to find a way it's always us that has to try to come up with solutions to this problem, right? Like, I remember um, Tana, Ta-Nehisi Coates, uh, one of his criticisms for his book, Criticism in, in Quotation uh, between, uh, for the, uh, between the World and Me, was that you laid out, or even the case for reparations, that uh, when I write what I write, people will come to me and say, well, you, didn't, you wrote out um you explained or articulated these issues and these problems with reporting with, um, 
you know, through research and all that to detail in uh, these problems. But you didn't come up with a solution. And he's like, that's not my job. Right. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not his job. It's not the NBA's job or the NBA player's job to fix this shit. Raise awareness. Sure. Fix it. Nobody's big enough to handle this task. Not even them. Right. I commend like, them. I like, commend them. Just go I commend them with all my heart for them, um, you know, you know, like we talked about, have that kind of power, have that kind of, those kind of resources at disposal. And ultimately it don't matter. They're still powerless. I commend them for trying. I commend them for trying, but you know, ultimately it's just like, I just feel, I feel bad for them. I feel bad for them. It was like, because they, you know what the situation is. These people look like you, you, you feel that, that guilt of I'm out here. I'm trying to be my brother's keeper. I'm going to try anything I can. I'm gonna try anything I can. It's happened to me throughout my whole life. It's happened. To me. It's happened to me now. I got. I'm away from my family. I'm in this fucking bubble. My mental health's a fucking mess. And I just got to do something. Haven't you just seen get my desperate. Family. You feel like you got to do something. <laughs> and you just, you know, yeah. I just feel. I just my my. You know, it's it was in. You know, it's just it's a really sad moment of just like. What can they do? They do only way. What the answer is like whatever they can. That's what they was trying to come up with. Whatever they can get out of this situation, right. they're gonna they're gonna try to get the situation because they're at a breaking point. Obviously, a lot of them are. A lot of them never even wanted to come to this fucking bubble. A lot of them, you know, may have been more optimistic than the actual situation is, and thought that like raising awareness as much as we can, and pounding alarm, and talking about voting and all that kind of stuff, and making these moves or whatever else is going to change things. And ultimately, I believe that. This is a step in the right direction, obviously, but we talked about this off air over the week with um my cousin Alex. Like progress is slow and long, and it is going. It is a it is a relay race of you handing the baton to the next generation. And I commend NBA I commend NBA players for um helping you know helping close this gap. But as far as winning this race, the finish line is so far away; they'll never see it. But I commend them for, for for realizing that like we still gotta we still gotta try to close this race close the gap on this on this uh leg of the of the relay. Yeah, it's um it, it takes me back to the Kaepernick thing and then him having to do all that stuff in addition right. to just a simple protest and, and and speaking eloquently about the situation. Like it was it was almost like he was like bullied into like donating all this money dollars. that he had to do. Yep. A million dollars, yeah. Uh doing the thing with the suits, like uh starting the camps for the kids, like this was all the stuff that he had to like this commendable stuff. Yeah. This this like this hero this heroic like you know stuff, but ultimately like all he can do is like the most effective thing he did, which was shine a light on it. It's not our job to fix it. And it's almost like the people that come up with a cure for something is, well, it's not like them, like, like to administer the cure too. It's like, no, we're doing the research to like develop this. Like, like we let the doctors like, you know, do that shit, like to diagnose it and, and distribute it to people. It's like, no, that's not. I don't know, man. It's I, I think it's a mind fuck. It's a total mind fuck. Yeah, it's a rhetorical trick, and yeah. you know, for better or worse, mostly for worse. 
the people that point out the right things get suckered into having to, well, what is your solution for it? It's like, that's not, that's above my pay grade, uh, ma'am. Like, yeah, yeah like, but I, I, how about, I've how about like this? How about we refocus? Am I right or wrong? Am I right or wrong? Or you just didn't like it? Oh, gotcha. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like whenever like that, that's like, you know, I always talk about language and, knowing what type of language to look out for to to be able to like read the situations and what i'm developing you know and feeling like what's next is code for like it's more code well what are we gonna do next we're past kneeling like all that stuff like it's it's like no man like the action was like 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 i fall fall back on like the action is the protest like that is the action like Y'all, all right, now, it, like, we need to be reacted to now. So, if you want to leave it there, we can um, talk about this Nasir. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, we'll, we'll let's start the show, and then we'll, 50 yeah. minutes in, let's start the show, and then we'll get to the Nasir. Well, I mean, that's what happens with these bullshit-ass weeks that happen in 2020, right? 2020. Good God. Yeah. Go to hell again. Actually, yes. when I tell you to go to hell this this time, listen. Go to hell. Don't ain't nobody with you. Yeah. Like, bro, I saw a picture of Chadwick Boseman and Kobe, and I was like, nope, yeah. turn it off Twitter. Not doing it. Not doing it. Like, I'm just <laughs> not, no. Like, I'm not about to, I'm not about to, like, I'm just going to take the Kobe route. I'm going to get it, stay the fuck away from my phone. Like, I know it's going to be bad. Stay away from my phone. I'm not even going to read it. I'll, I'll handle it when I handle my grief, whenever, you know, it finally hits me, but I'm not doing it tonight. I'm not going to hand a Kamora myself and watch and be on and, uh, look at my phone and read comments and well wishes and nice things for, and, and feel just terrible for a whole night because I can't sleep. So I'm not going to do it. So I, same thing with Pose. I was like, nope, not doing it. You pulled out Kobe next to him. You, you bastards. I'm not doing it. So. Um, but yeah, just RP to everybody that's dead. Jesus Christ, 2020, you fucking suck. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in. That's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the pyramid 
This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Hi, this is Kenny Omega. Okay, now I guess it's the start of the show. Uh, music week. I checked out the Nasir album. Brother Jones is a person that I have an interesting relationship with uh, as a fan. He is one of the greatest rappers I've ever heard in my life. But I don't really, like, I'm not a hardcore fan of his. Like, I'm a casual fan of Nas, which is like, Nas has no such thing as casual fans. But I'm listening to it. Like... I, I, you know, I, uh, he, in 2005, I heard Illmatic the first time I bought out, I bought the CD out of the, out of the mall and then bumped it in my car. Um, this 2005. So like, I'd always like Nas singles, but it's like, how come I never have, hear anybody like play Nas or whatever? Yeah. Obviously being down here in Florida, um, picked it up, thought it was Illmatic was dope. You know, obviously, you know, you hear Made Me Look or Uchi Wally or, you know, The World Is Mine or Hate Me Now or One Mike. You're like, yeah, nigga's incredible rapper. Duh. But, um, it was a person that's like, I always respected the skills, but never like was super interested in him. Um, and then, you know, time goes by, like, Street Disciples. Which is funny because people always act how interesting Nas is. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, so um, time goes by in uh, it's 2009, 2010. He does uh, the album that's untitled because he wanted to call a nigga and, uh, <laughs> and the label's ex like, no, we are not putting oh, no. a nigger in the stores. We're not doing that Nas here. Uh, <laughs> that that issued me because of the story. Um, at that point in time, he's on Def Jam, which is like how, how, like, I wonder how up and on the up and up, like, this album's gonna be with, like, Jay Z at the helm, possibly trying to sabotage this man at every chance. Uh, then you're like, oh, he's, Nas is doing, is doing tracks with, with, uh, Polo the Don and DJ Toop. Okay. Uh, I'm interested. I, I need to hear this. I need to, I need to hear what this album sounds like. And, you know, between, like, the Mark Ronson stuff and, you know, the Salam Remy stuff, it was another, it was another, uh, album that I, Thought was very well done. I'd even go as far as saying it was a great album. Um, and then, you know, every project since then has never really interested me. Like, you know, Summer on Smash, I heard the songs, like, this is a dope ass record, obviously. Like, Nas is a great rapper. Um, but this one, I hear he's doing a record with Hit Boy. Like, almost everything's, everything's done with Hit Boy. And I'm like, that interests me. Like, I'm interested to see, like, is this going to be great or is it going to be a mess? Um, the last album I wanted no parts of because that was as soon as that was, that was like around the time Kanye dropped all those released at the same time and he was fresh off of basically ending my relationship with him ever again as yeah. a fan of his music. So, um, I gotta say, heard album and like this, you know, between the stuff we've heard from Hit Boy over the past decade with him now since like 2011 to now, and this is like it was a perfect marriage in. I don't know if they could have done a better album together with 12 tracks of Nasir in Hit Boy. Um, what, what were your thoughts on this album so far? Like, I mean, in your relationship, actually, let's talk about your relationship with Nas. You, you are a big Nas fan yourself. 
Yeah. Um, I, I, it's funny because like, I wouldn't call myself a super Nas fan either, but I'm right, just right, right. like, I've been a lifetime fan of Nas. Like my mm-hmm. mom, like Nas, like, um, <clears throat> it was like, all right. I always felt like there was something I could learn as a rapper from Nas, like how to come on a track, how to like command a track, how to tell a story on a song, how to, how to do it. And, uh-huh. you know, I, I never really, you know, got on with the beat selection, but I always thought Nas was unfairly judged for his beat selection as well. Um, oh, he, I, yeah, yeah. He had, yeah. I always thought he had plenty of dope beats. Yeah. On, on I, I think the thing with Nas, well, two things, right? I'm glad you said that you, um, that you learned a lot from Nas dot, dot, dot as a rapper. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad you pointed out <laughs> as a rapper and lyricist and storyteller and, you know, in person with, with slick wordplay. I'm glad that you pointed that, that you put that part in. Cause you said you learned a lot from Nas. I'll be like, Oh God. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, as far as the, the beat thing with Nas, Nas has some of the, has rapped over some of the greatest beats that have ever existed for in rap music, but he also has rapped over beats that are like, uh, some have been flat out boring, some have been mid, some have been like, it, it's for depends on what room you're in they work right like and i think a lot of the nas people talk about the nas stuff is like the he never really made stuff that made you want to be bumping in your car driving with your friends or or played it at a at a um at a cookout or played in a club and it's like you know that's what i saw at the time where like we were less diverse as far as um the number of rap acts we were getting on major labels too so, mm-hmm. like, I feel like, you know, Nas had to pay for some, had to get some of those critiques that, like, the Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole types do not get anymore because, like, Nas paved the way for, like, we can, it's okay just to be a great rapper and, and, you know, and talk about life or tell stories and then, like, not have to necessarily worry about, like, uh, you know, the emotions, like, the quote unquote fun emotions. Like, I would never say that Nas is not joyous because he absolutely is. Like, um, and we'll get to that in a second, but like, there's not that much on the catalog that I would describe as flat out fun. There's some there, yeah, but man. not, they're not like, and the same, and it's, you can look, and you know who else you can offer, throw that same critique at too? Who? Slim Shady, Marshall Mathers, Eminem. There's not a lot of fun <laughs> in that. There's even less fun in that discography, uh, in hell. There's a hell of a lot less joy in that discography than a Nas discography too. But um, when, I, when I was talking about learning from Nas, it definitely was not the third verse of I Can. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were all kings and queens. It's like, that is not possible. That is, we actually have been on Greatest Rap Lies, uh, thing too, that we did earlier. The entire third verse. I have it pulled up right oh, here. God, go ahead. Okay, so the third <laughs> verse of I Can is, before we came to this country, we were kings and queens, never porch monkeys. There were empires in Africa called Kush, Timbuktu, where every race came to get books to learn from black teachers who taught, who taught Greeks and Romans, Asians, Arabs, and gave them gold when gold was converted to money. It all changed. Money then became empowerment for Europeans. The Persian military invaded. They heard about the gold, the teachings, and everything sacred. Africa was almost robbed naked. Slavery was money, so they began making slave ships. Egypt was the place that Alexander the Great went. He was so shocked at the mountains with black faces. 
shot up their nose to oppose basically still goes on today you see if the truth is told the youth can grow to learn to survive until they gain control nobody says you have to be gangsters hoes read more learn more change the globe ghetto children do your thing hold your head up little man you're a king young princess when you get your wedding ring your man no, saying no, she's no, like Okay, so a lot of that stuff that he spit in there is actually true, but like once you start, like once you start off, some of it's not. But and especially when they were first lines, we were all kings and queens. How it's like you be talking about like regular, bro. Yeah, right. Like you talk about we're wrestling or wrestling, right? If you have twelve giants, you you have seven fake people. You have no giants. Everybody's a giant. Right. Like, somebody somebody got to be regular. Right. Who's know? Triple H here? Who is the king of kings then, uh, not Nasir? But, yeah, yeah anyway. Uh, but so. overall, I, I like Nas a great deal. But right. Nas jokes are always funny. Yes, they um, are. And I'm a big Jay-Z and Rockefeller guy, but... Um, you know, so I was, you know, I, I, I kind of came in on Nas like later and then had to, you know, do a lot of different, you know, research. But um, I listened to the stuff I heard on this. It was, it sounded like he was reinvigorated uh, when I first heard it. I heard Ultra Black by itself. And I was like, I don't really like this. Mm. And then <laughs> it was just like, oh, uh, I was like, this is what he got from Hit Boy. I was like, all right. <laughs> okay. And then like when you hear it, like, with the rest of the music, it all makes sense. Like, I'm like, yeah. oh, so like they're doing, you know, th- this is what they're going for. And I was able to appreciate it because like, if it's one thing I'm doing is I'm trying to allow older rappers to still tell me their stories. Like mm-hmm. a couple years ago, I checked out a locks album. Like I'll listen to a, a new Nas album. Um, there was someone recently that had put an album out and I listened to it. I think it was Ghostface. Um, he put an album out and, um, it was just like, well, you know, if, if we're going to keep killing quote unquote, killing the legends off and all this other stuff, it's like, well, why, why do we have to kill them off? Like, why don't I see what they actually have to say? They, they may, you know, have something. So I took that same, you know, approach like, yeah, let me check out the Nas. And I liked a lot of what I heard. Uh, I they actually the locks just dropped a new album this weekend that I need to get to. Okay. Yeah. So I had not heard Ultra Black, um, but when it comes in, I think it's like track three or four. Like within it, you're right. It absolutely makes sense. Um, and you know, we were talking. I was talking about Joy earlier. Like this is the joyous, joy us Nas, right? And um, I, I felt like it was just uh I felt like it was he was in such a good vibe and then um while that song's going on, like it's a song that I imagine motherfuckers in Queens are like playing at a wedding reception, um, in the in the years to come, honestly. Quite to be quite honest with you. Uh and I think the first half of this album is just like just, just great. Just great. And um I think that it's not as strong when the features cut rolling in the second half, except for like uh the firm um, track, which mm-hmm. is like crazy, is like wow, they got Drazy and Foxy and Cormega back, huh? And like I it mean, was, what was they doing? Right, and it was. It was, <laughs> like, thing, it was like, it's yeah, free. Right, yeah. What what were they doing? Nothing. It's like you know, you've heard so many stories about like Foxy and her hearing, 
Like I didn't know oh, she could still yeah. she was still capable of doing this. So I was I was super happy to hear her. Um voice still sounds the same. Um so that so that was that was happy, a, a great moment for me um on listening to the album. Um it gets weird when we get I think to the second to last track when he, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with the Khalees stuff um from the last couple years but like the industry as the industry's failed Khalees over the years obviously throughout her whole career and most notably is you know Khalees telling us that and I forgot or not forgot but um I was reminded at the end of this uh you know Khalees has told us that like they had a physical relationship and um I don't know if she went into details on on what happened or whatever else, but that should be enough, right? And Renaz said at the end, he's like, I've never put my hand on a woman, and he on an ad he was like, never. And I was like, that's... I don't believe that. And now, like, I... For, I don't know how I forgot about this while going through the album, uh, but I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Huh... I mean, I'm like, you know, then you have to make a decision like everybody else, whether it's James Brown or Chris Brown, um, about that. Like, is that person music dope enough to you to continue rock with them or whatever else? Uh, the answer for me on James Brown and Chris Brown is yes. On Nas, not so certain. Um, I hadn't listened to a Nas project since that stuff came out the last couple years. I don't really check with Nas, as I mentioned earlier in the beginning of the show. But, um... What I will say is that, like, I the album is a very good album. Uh, you know, at, coming to this conclusion after talking about his album for like ten minutes, his career after getting to this is like that's a, that's weird. But um, I felt like it was appropriate to talk about because, like, I listened to the album twice, gave it two runs. I was like, okay, like this is this is a template for a legacy act to continue this on. Now I want to see how this would work for someone that is you know done major labels, now independent, someone like a, you know, like a T.I., like, you know, even someone that was just a hit maker, and wasn't even that much rapper like a Fat Joe. Um, mm-hmm. Like, we have to, I feel I feel like there is a avenue for, you know, as you grow older and you are out of the limelight and, like, you know, the babies of the world, out of <laughs> the babies of the world are running this shit, and whoever else uh, five, ten years from now, like, there has to be, you know, for the legacy senior uh, acts, whatever else, people already have their catalog filled out when they finna go on, when they go on tour already. They, you know, they don't need a new album to go tour off of. They need like a single to go tour off of. Like, I want to see, you know, what these uh, albums or these like relationships can breed with like younger producers and in, in that in the future. Um, you know, Jay Z's been doing it for a while. Nas obviously has Snoop's been around forever. You know, Cube when he wants to. Like, I want to see LL obviously. Like, I want to see like the older generation. You know, still be able to do this if they want to. Um, and especially now that you know we're in the streaming era, where it's like you have a name, you have you you have something that the other that the youngins don't. Like, you've been a star in this game. Like, right. So you know, now that you're streaming. You don't have to. You don't need to worry about promotion and all that shit. Like you're Nas, you're Jay Z, you're whoever else. Put this shit forward and see what you can do. And I hope that like more, more of these legacy acts, um, can keep pushing forward and still make good music because like we talk about this all the time. Like most of these older rappers that were dope as fuck 
15, 10, 25 years ago are still dope now. It's just, just people you know, stop listening to them. So like, right. I would, I would, I would encourage y'all that are hearing this. Like if there's like, you know, someone that you enjoyed back, you know, in, in the day and they're still putting, you know, stuff out, or if you discover they put some out, just, you know, it, what's it going to kill you to, to, to check it out? Right. So like, it's not going to tarnish your legacy. Like yeah. your wrestling fans, a lot of y'all are wrestling fans. Like y'all watch Undertaker and Triple H and whoever the fuck else come out here for WrestleMania and embarrass themselves or whatever else. You don't think of them any differently. <laughs> like in, Look, I tell you, I can tell you this right now. T.I. raps a lot better than the fuck of Triple H wrestles. So, um, or, or Kim or Foxy or Missy. I would love to see, uh, a Missy in, 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 um, Timberland, like, get together for one last album. I would love to see that. And you know, she's been doing these singles, whatever else, over the last couple of years, like, especially since, like, she got the VMA thing, but I would love yeah. nothing more for, like, Missy to like have a dominant club banger again. I would love to see that again. I would love to. <laughs> like I would love to see her. I want to see her work with like you know City Girls, Cardi, Nikki, Megan. I would love to see uh, her. You know with them. Yeah, same. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see what else is. I guess it's time to talk about wrestling, right? Wrestling. Yeah. Oh, um, I got. I actually, guess, I have uh, one more music. I have one more music. Um, one more music observation. Uh, what's up? <laughs> I didn't mention this on air because uh, it's, I know it's gonna make you laugh because you, know, you talk about this off air. You feel like really? Yeah. So, you, do you know who dropped last or Friday? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So Katy Perry, her last album dropped. I have not checked for Katy Perry since Prism. Uh, oh, Katy Perry! I thought yeah. you were going to talk about the the Jay Z counter programming to the oh, Nas no, with I'm that horrible song with Pharrell. No, no, I'm not talking about entrepreneur. No, thank you. Make a black Twitter yourself. With what funds, Jigga Man? What with what? Corey, Sean Corey Carter. What funds do I have to make my own? He, you know, he always does this. Yeah. I've been talking about him ever I, since. I, I hate it. I hate. I, I just said, give your older rappers a chance, right? I hated this song with all my I've never soul. Heard it. I only saw the. I only saw the lyrics, and I was like, Oh my oh. god! The 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 hook for that Pharrell is just like black man, black man, over and over and over <laughs> again, bro. It's one of the worst Pharrell oh, and Jay Z songs I've ever heard. And it's just a single. It's not like an EP or nothing like that, or just a single. So a, he, he, he that, <sighs> dropping that counter program to the Nas. <laughs> oh man! All right, but uh, but yeah. Real quick notes on the Katy Perry. Uh, I think the her second album, Teenage Dream, is like one of those albums that's like it comes once in a lifetime for a pop star, and like she ain't got to do shit else, right? Cause she's, I mean, it was like, it's like five or six number one records on that fucking album. But, uh, her life has clearly changed and she's, you know, the gimmick she was coming, was going up with, like that was going to be in trouble with age. Like she was talking about like this fresh out of high school type of love. And now she's in her mid thirties. Like, of course she's going to have to come up with something else. And she tried to hop onto the EDM wave in like the late 2000s or, or the late 2010s, it was like, nah, you were like, you're like six years too late. Um, <laughs> but 
Uh, what I will say on this album is that uh, I think she's figured out what she should have always been. Like, you know, we always talk about like artists or basketball players, like know what you are and then like be okay with that. And her thing was, if you put her on some four, four on the floor, uh, pop rock or, or disco or funk, she can do whatever she wants. All her records, all her hit records are of that ilk just about right. And mm-hmm. in the third quarter of this album from like track six to nine, you got that, and you're just like, well, I know what her next singles are going to be on this album. Uh, so, like, that was fun. So, I, so what the rest of it is like, that's the stuff that, like, I, made me tune you out before. But, uh, but yeah, I would say, like, you know, she's going to have some records that ring off on streaming over the next few months. So, it'll be that. So, but good for her because I thought she was done. Like, I didn't want to hear that last time she had when she was like, yeah, Katy Perry and the Migos. Katy, Katy yeah. Perry and, and Nicki Minaj. It's like, yeah. look, man, I understand you did Dark Horse and that was that song blew the fuck up, but that was like a once in a lifetime thing. Like, you can't be go- keep going to that well. People have peeped the game. We know what you're doing. Yeah. And it's not appreciated. I did not like it at all. Right. I, I, I did not like it. Right. Um, it's like, and it's like, look, man, you ain't got to do that. Just like listen to that Dual Leap album that came out earlier this year. It is like do two of those tracks. Like that's what you should be doing anyway. Like you have some of that in your discography anyway that people love. And then she picked it up. So um, for a pop record, it was, those uh, that third quarter was was a fun uh, little run. But yeah, we can move on to actual wrestling now. Yeah, man. Um, Payback. Get to it. Payback. <sighs> Payback. That ain't right. (laughs) Who would have thought that WWE, who has done all of two good pay-per-views in 2020, would struggle with doing back-to-back pay-per-views one week apart? Who could have foreseen such a thing? Um, How many... Is there... Okay. Aside from Rey Mysterio or or Los Mysterios uh, versus... Uh, Seth and, and, and Murphy. Mm-hmm. Is there any other match you thought was good? Um, Seamus Sh- and Biggie, uh, I kind of like got into for a little bit mm-hmm. just because they were hitting each other hard. But no, like this was like just the regularest of regular wrestling and regular too bad, like mid level too bad. That's like where I uh, kind of stood on most of the show. Yeah, I'm I'm here with you. I thought it was thoroughly mediocre show aside from like one match. Um but let's go through it. Show opens with Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Cruz for the US title. Um One thing I'll give Bobby Lashley. I don't know if he is good, but he <laughs> always tries. <laughs> Would you would you would you disagree that he's not always trying and busting? He, I feel like he's always trying hard. He just he's not good anymore, at least. Yeah, um, I have an irrational like for Bobby Lashley. I'm guilty. I, I am a Bobby Lashley fan. I can I can see it. He tries hard. He he looks good uh, physique wise. It's not like he he's not a stiff or anything. He's athletic. It's just like he's meant for a different era. I believe he's meant for a different era. 
Yeah, um, him getting a win over Apollo is kind of funny. Yeah, uh, and I, and I think his off. I think his charisma holds him back too. I think that's also another big yeah. part of it. Yeah. So is the Apollo Cruise push? Is this is this the end of the road that everybody was you know so happy that he won the checks notes U.S. title? I. I, you have to fill me in on this. I had no idea if you were excited about Apollo cruising year oh, oh yes. like five yes. four. This this is like a big push apparently. So mm. all right, I don't see that. I just saw it. I'm still trying to figure out when she was going to drop on this. Um, Lashley, Shelton Benjamin hurt business thing and like Cedric. Cedric and Apollo and Ricochet like they have been sowing the seeds that one of those three is going to turn on the other two and join uh, the the bad black men <laughs> so I was just wondering like when is when is the shoe going to drop and like well Lashley's the US champion who cares now do you care well I mean uh, for can, for a I wrestling promotion that you watch once a month, do you how do you care? I guess is a way to put it. No, definitely yeah. not. Like they've yeah. they've murdered Rick J. I I don't know what the last time I've seen Cedric Alexander was. I don't even know how he's <laughs> cutting his hair at the moment. So like, <laughs> no idea. Like it's not like he makes the pay per view. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a main event material for the baby faces. I mean, he after the match, uh, he beat up. He jumped Lashley, which is like okay. So you lost clean, you lost fair yes, and square. And yes, I forgot about that match. I, which means it continues. He looked like such a geek. Yeah, uh, it's it's bad babyface. It's ba- bad babyface. Like we we talked about this back when um during the ambulance match between Roman Reigns and Strowman, where Roman at the end of it like loses fair and square, and then you know attacks Strowman and then packs him to the back of the car, and then runs the the, uh, the back of the ambulance into uh, the semi trailers like. You lost fair and square, bro. What's what's the problem here? So it, it's, mm-hmm. it's like you know. I think I, I feel like the times have passed for like maybe you know twenty twenty years ago that works because like oh well, we gave the baby face something, but for me just like nah, you lost, and then like you went out like a sucker because you lost. Um, but yeah. After after that, we get big and versus you out. Clean. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, he tapped out, yeah, and then he wants to attack. Like that makes you even look like more of a sucker. I've totally forgot. I thought he got pinned. Yeah, cause he ended up tapping out to the. Uh, yeah, he ended up tapping out to the the full Nelson. Full Lashley. The full Nelson. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. After this, you get Biggie versus Sheamus, which is like I had no idea this was even a program. It feels like something they just pulled out of their ass in like the last two weeks. Um, yeah. They had a they they had a mesh that was laid out pretty well, except that like Sheamus just wrestles too slow for the time now. Like he was a slower wrestler even a decade, you know, beginning of this last decade. Now it's even faster, so it feels like he's going even slower. Um, but I thought yeah, I thought how that works. Yeah, I thought Biggie had very good fire, something we always knew he had, obviously in charisma. Um. I still enjoy every single time Biggie, like in like the last year, comes out. He takes off his jacket and he hurls that bitch right into Corey Graves' face. Uh, but yeah, like you know, uh, I'm still concerned about him doing that spear. 
um, through the ropes onto the apron. Like, I, you know, uh, he's, he's done it a hundred times. Every time it looks terrifying. I just figure one time he's going to get caught and he's not going to get up, be able to get up. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it was a physical match. It's just, you know, the pace so, is just too slow for my liking. Yeah. Some of the stuff they're doing, um, storyline wise with the biggie singles push is very heavy handed and about how he's being held very telegraph. Yes, very telegraph. Like they're trying to generate some type of like it's already there. Like people already want to get behind this man, but like it seems like they're trying to remanufacture like the Kofi Kingston storyline. I feel like I see it like coming from a mile away, especially when he's like yelling at Corey Graves at, at the top of his lungs after the match and pounding on his chest, and it's just like. <sighs> They like this is a directive. Like that's what yeah. it seems like. There, it doesn't feel like there's this special moment there. And it's, I know there's hard to be special moments in the fucking Thunderdome. I get it, but <laughs> I clearly see the shit coming from a mile away. Okay, so and I don't appreciate them trying to try. I don't. I don't appreciate them trying to uh, lay a trap for some organic shit. It's like no man. Like we we know what you're trying to do. Um. Yeah, they are very heavy-handed, but uh, I guess I'm kind of surprised that are even going with Big E after it's been, this is what, year seven for him? Right? <laughs> year seven, year eight? Yeah. Like, the fact that actually, like, he had, you know, like, we haven't seen, like, a singles match from him on pay-per-view since, like, 2014, when he was out having, you know, Jeez. some hoss battles with uh, Rusev. So, for me, like... Given the the state that this company is creatively, um, in the past, you know, in the six years since then, from that moment, is like the fact that he was even on pay per view and they didn't and they didn't just you know give up or have Sheamus fucking beat him to start to start the feud, um, and then get you know get his ass whooped after the match. Like I feel I feel like that is like wow, um, or not wow, but more like okay, like they haven't fucked this up yet, so, like, they're off to a decent start, at least. Um, you know, they gave him Sheamus. I don't... Sheamus doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, but, you know, he's a name. I, I wonder what the, what the... What do you think the end game... What do you think their end game is for Big E right now? Um, let's see. Intercontinental Champion is Jeff Hardy. Yep. The other Intercontinental Champion is Sami Zayn. Wait, what? Uh, yeah, Sami Zayn returned apparently, and he returned with his belt. Are they um, are they really ninety fouring this? Probably. Um, Roman's the champion now. Spoiler alert! Um, and he's a big bad heel or a chicken shit heel, one of the two. And um, I, I feel like they're trying to discover a babyface to fight Roman Reigns. So I mean, Biggie's a good choice as any. Like. Yeah. So, Royal Rumble or WrestleMania, are you thinking? Look, if it's me, I have Big E. Now, look, it's very simple what you do with Big E. You have him start winning matches, right? Right. And then you have him at the Survivor Series, and he wins the Survivor Series match. And then you know what you do after that? He wins you the like, Rumble or some shit like that. <laughs> he wins the Royal Rumble, James. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know what? 
somebody that gave him trouble or something, they challenge him for that Royal Rumble title shot at the pay per view in between. And you know what happens? He beats that person too. Yes, with his move one, two, three. And you know what else happens? Then the champion finally shows up, and then they do a storyline, and then Big E and Roman Reigns fight each other for the world title, and then Big E wins. I that's what I would do, uh-huh. but this isn't my company, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I okay, so I saw people talk about and rumor and speculate about like how cool would it be if that you know after Survivor Series, how cool would it be if, like, that was actually the direction? Like, to get to Big E versus uh, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I thought to myself, as thinking, like, are you unaware of where they think Big E is on the pecking order for them? Like, are you new here? Um, but, as far as, you know, the promo skills, the fire, the charisma, the look, yeah, he could do that. You know, a lot of guys can do that. It's about right. if, it's about whether or not, like, you know, if in year seven or eight is Vince going to look around and be like, oh, yeah, that dude's fucking jacked and, 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 and you know, athletic as fuck and, like, is a good talker and has proved it over the last five years <laughs> to, to tons, of, tons of merch sales that he, you know, um, and he's not a cookie cutter guy. Like it yeah, is different. Okay. Like I, I think we've had the new day conversation on here many for like six times. years, if five any, years now, or some if, shit. If, if anyone else was selling merch at the level they were, they would have like shoved a rocket up their asses immediately. Like right. they would kill for the shield to sell merch like this. Right, right. Um. So I guess for me, I'm still. I have, I have to see more. I have to see what they do next month with Big E on pay because before I'm like, be like, oh yeah, this is some, something they're actually going to do. Like I, I, I see it, but I'm just like, I see it, but I'm not believing it because, you know, this is obviously, you know, hopeful, uh, optimistic speculation on where they can go in the years because, or, or, you know, as a fresh matchup for Roman, Roman's possibly going his dynamic of being a heel. Paul, Paul Heyman guy, who would he want to wrestle? What would make sense and what would be something they would want to do as a WWE guy? Biggie's a WWE ass guy. Um, sold tons of merch, all that, all the Make a Witch stuff. Um, you know, yeah, it's all there. But it's also it's like, look at the history of this company and look at the history of like the last, you know, three years of this company creatively. It's like, yeah, I'm sure they have an idea today on where they're going to head with this Roman shit or wherever his opponents are going to be if he's going to be a heel champion. There's like but, a whole, but there's I guarantee, like, like a, what are the odds that you're going to stick to that? Like, come th- two months from now, three months from now, that they're going to be the same opponents and the same and track the same path or, uh, to get to where they want to get to. That shit changes right. week to week, day to day. And also, like, he's going to have like it's like going to be him and other baby faces in a race. Right for that spot and then not to mention if like Goldberg pops his ass out yep. or Brock or somebody yeah. like that so nothing's or, guaranteed or you know one of these situations this ain't working AJ Daniel go save it <laughs> that's what Smackdown so, so is the shit gets well, fucked they, up they, go send AJ or, go send AJ or Daniel Bryan to go fix it that's been the case ever since the brand split 
So they they finally do Dan Brown's Roman Reigns all these years later. Yeah. LOL. Yeah. The, look, the scenario is in place that I've always kind of forecasted, but you know, Dan Bryan just had another child, and I think he might be turning forty soon. So, um, good times. Yeah. So, um, so they did have a moment we skipped over. So Keith Lee was backstage with JBL. Oh shit! You want to talk about this nonsense? All right. Yes, bro. Like. They had Keith Lee, like, like JBL walked up on this man talking about, you know, I got some, you know, hedge funds you can, you know, put some money in. And before that, Keith Lee's like, you're JBL. Like the, the limo and the horns, like all this stuff, like acting like a fucking mark. Like he's not like, older than us. Like he's not 34 or 35. <laughs> like that's some shit they, Keith, that's some shit they would have had. Correct me. If, Tell me if I'm lying. Tell me that's not some shit they would have had, uh, JBL or Ricochet doing the same with some legend, t- uh, a year ago, t- or 18 months ago. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. I'm just a simple so, kid from Kentucky. You fucking. Yeah. Like, so I was like, so they got this man acting like a mark, and then, like, he told JBL that he ain't have, like, the, the, the resources, like, he ain't had the funds, something like, so he's right. a mark, and he's broke. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not I I didn't have an issue with that line. I feel like the JBL response was not good enough. Like the simple line to that when when Keith Lee says, "Bro, hedge fund is a million dollar buy-in." I don't have I'm not a millionaire. All you have to do is have JBL come back and say something along the lines of, "You will be." In um in due time, I I bet on it. Something along those lines, right? He didn't. He says something that was supposed to be that, but it wasn't that. And I was like, like, like he was like, if you, stay, if you I think it was if you work hard and you keep your head down, I think you will. Yeah. I think that's what he said. It's like, no, that's not the way you said. You saying like cute is like, I bet you will one day, or yeah. something like that, like. It is game recognizing game and recognizing the the quote unquote future. And this wasn't like, that. It was like you got to work hard to get where I'm at, uh, um, young nigga. Like that's not no, bro. <laughs> no. <laughs> like like what 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 stopped them from having JBL go up to Keith Lee and be like, man, I've been watching you, and you know when you was in NXT, you know you you won both of those titles. You are you know a great superstar for for this amount of time, and I, I've had my eye on you. What what was right. stopping them from doing that? Like I don't know. You know who would have been good at this. Like, do you remember the uh, the pregame or the pre-match package at Portland this year between Dijak and Lee that they had Mark Henry do? Yes. When he was fucking ecstatic, he's like, "Look at these, look at these big mans out here flipping." <laughs> so, like, all you have to do is get someone as excited about Dijak and Lee as Mark Henry was to relate, like. Yes, this is the future of big man wrestling. You, you gigantic 330, 340 pounds, 6'3", 6'2", dude that does hurricane runners off the top rope and Canadian destroyers off the middle rope and does moonsaults off the second rope and does flip dives over the top rope without touching the top rope. That's all they had to do. They couldn't even do that. We're going to get to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so up next, Matt Riddle and Ken Corbin. My God. Um, 
just a tra- uh, travesty all around from the pre-match promo to the match to the layout to the chin locks to the long boring portions to the 10% that Matt Riddle got to, to essentially do his thing. It's funny because like, I think he had a longer version of like the him, the Riddle and Lee match, but this was just like, Man, it just felt so bad. Like, this is supposed to be this top baby face. Like, but y'all bringing up the fucking, like, you're alluding to his, um, infidelity. His allegation. And then and his, his, inf- infidelity. his infidelity is, we'll go deeper in a second. But, like, yeah, like, why would you even bring that up? Like, are you trying to meanly make him in Jeff Hardy where it's like, we love him in spite of his flaws? Well, his flaws are rape. Like, what the fuck? Um, okay, all it so- does is make you ask questions, it, like, that you don't want the answers to. Right. And like, one, it makes you say, well, let's say you're not, just not in the point of saying like, get him the fuck off TV. Why is his asshole even on TV? Um, mm-hmm. it gets you to the point of like, all right, well, why would Corbin be such a dick to say this? Oh, for heat. So like, I'm supposed to root for this rapist. I'm supposed to root for this like f- rapist now. That's what I'm supposed to do. Are you just fighting words? And then they're fighting words. And then, the, and then the, the theoretical baby face, Triumphs at the end. Why would you have him lay him out at the end? You, like Corbin say a fuck shit. He got dealt with, and then he comes back and lays lays out the dude because after after you know the wrong the person that did the fuck shit got beat up. Like that's that's great storytelling. Like people can say mean thing. Rich, do you know that when you raise a kid, you can tell them a story about like somebody says something mean about you. You stand up for yourself, and then you and then you um you're able to move on. Uh, but instead of moving on, like the person that says something to you actually like puts their beats your ass. Like, great story, great story. But yeah. anyway, Corbin, this Matt, all, this Matt's all, strong. yeah, yeah. Match is just it is it is the worst uh, Matt Riddle match I've ever seen that went longer than eight minutes. I believe. Wow. Like even the Killian Day match were better than this. Oh yeah, um, it's amazing. You know, I was, I was, I was led to believe that, you know, given Matt Riddle this big win over AJ Styles out the gate clean was supposed to be the star making thing. And then it's amazing that I predicted eventually he'd be wrestling Baron Corbin and we'd be all like, what the fuck is happening? And it was his first ever pay per view match. Boy, they don't waste any time, do they? Yeah. Any problem shooting, any shooting me on TV, but whatever. That's, that's another part. So, uh, for those that don't know or haven't looked at it, Baron Corbin was on Twitter like before the show, and he tweeted, "Tonight I proved that Matt Riddle is a failure in a WWE ring. By the way, he's already proven to be a failure at home." My response to that, I actually, because I saw it and I was like, "I can't believe you're alluding to this." My response was, "Matt Riddle's infidelity is tied to rape." Get it, y'all? Isn't that funny? Shouldn't we all laugh at Baron Corbin's joke? Just like, what is wrong with y'all? Like. Do people not like realize like when they tell jokes that there is like there's something that you're pointing at that's supposed to be like the butt of the joke, and that like if that's the butt of your joke, then your joke sucks. Yep. <sighs> Whatever. I um. Let's see. What's the next match? Oh yeah. So you know they beat him down. So we're gonna have another match, of course. Which is like after watching that match, why would you want to see another one? Next match after that, the Golden Roll models Sasha and Bailey versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Um, 
this match, in my opinion, was good when Nia was not in the ring. Then Nia got into the ring, and she didn't even know where the fucking hard camera was. Um, there were points where she was selling her knee. Um, they alluded to the fact that she had double ACL uh, reconstruction uh, while she was gone. Um, that was part of storyline injury. And then Sasha and Bailey proceeded to work over her leg, and then she would face towards the uh, Thunderdome screen of fans away from us, and all we saw was her the back of her head as opposed to her face to see her sell her knee throughout the match, every time she was in. And I was just like, we constantly make jokes about, like, the people that are from TNA or New Japan or from the Indies going to uh, the PC and then learning how to work because they need to know where the hard cam is because apparently no one has any uh, uh, spatial recognition or uh, spatial awareness to know that, like, this is where the camera is. I need to face the camera just so people can at home can see my facial expressions for pain, for for pin attempts, for submissions, all of that. We've been jokes about that for years, Rich. Years. And I don't just mean us. Everyone's joked about the hard camera being to the left. <laughs> We've always made that joke. Nye's been been in uh, on the main roster since, what, two, 2016? Yeah. She forgot where the fucking hard cam was. Could believe it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, she is in the Thunderdome, so maybe you know them lights disoriented her. Only her though. Like Only her. Ever. Yeah. Only her. Yeah. Ever. Only her. Um, she. She's worse than she was before. Before she uh, tore uh, or got knee surgery, like she was not. Look, she wasn't some great wrestler. She was. I don't even say she was a good wrestler, but and she was injuring people left and right. But she was competent enough to know where the fucking camera was before. She's worse now. So, like, it's funny. Like, this match was, like, there were long portions where they were getting the heat on Nia Jax. And, like, Nia Jax was selling and selling and selling. And I was like, end this match, please. (laughs) Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we did see the Shayna Baszler hot tag. James, yeah. did you know this existed? No. Um, but it may, but seeing what she did is like, oh, she's going to need people to fucking death. Give people running knees left and right. And I mean, her knees have always looked well. I've always looked good. Um, I, I, you know, I'm going to give it more than this. Like I enjoyed the beginning of the match with her and, um, Sasha beginning when they're like trading through submission stuff and like Sasha, you know, Show, trying to show us that like she could keep up hole for hole with a fucking you know, yeah. former UFC fighter, but Imagine. it actually it actually made sense with some of the stuff she was doing as far as countering. Like so, it, it worked. It worked for me. Um, obviously it's ridiculous, but it worked if, and it's in in terms of wrestling. And you know, like um, like it's, it was very similar to me like watching like Matt Riddle and Roddy Strong throughout the the last year when they've had matches like this is ridiculous. Matt Riddle fucking destroy you, but like. He's enough of a he has enough of a, of a of a pedigree as a professional technical wrestler that like it doesn't it doesn't um it doesn't strain my credulity. I can actually buy into it. Um so I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. I thought that they did uh Sasha and Bailey um did a very good job of isolating like 
it, it felt like they were, you know, they're, you know, they're so close with FTR. It felt like they were, you know, doing a lot of FTR type stuff as far as like, you know, mm-hmm. tricking the ref and isolating people, putting, uh, wrestlers in the corners and taking advantage of situations. So I, I thought like, you know, um, as a tag unit, it's like, damn, like they're not the tag champs anymore. We're about to get, <laughs> Naya two brands, but like uh yeah, Naya you know, and Shayna against uh Caden Carter and uh uh Casey Canzaro. Oh can't God. wait. You know. Can't <laughs> wait. Win the ratings war. Oh god. Look, look. If it gets look, Naya needs to be in the performance center at full sale. So like I'm not really like <laughs> I don't think that's exactly the worst idea in the world. It's the, hey, you need to you need to be here any damn way. <laughs> we'll come up with a kayfabe storyline excuse. Yeah, you're here defending the titles as opposed to like we are trying to get you more that's experience. Uh, you have any other thoughts on that on that match? Uh, or or like I guess cool the uh, aftermath of it. Cool finish. Yeah, um, yeah. Mace Mace Shannon looked really, um, you know. They took a lot off of her, but like you know, they came up with something creative for her. I thought that helped. Yeah, now they have to defend those belts, so huh. they could okay. retire them. They don't have to. They don't have to. They could it's fake. Hold they them really really like, Yeah. Okay. Uh, next match: Keith Lee versus Randy Orton. Amazing. Match or Keith Lee music comes. It comes out. I don't. They know that this shit sucks because they start with the beginning of Keith Lee's NXT music. And then they transition to that generic ass rock theme thing that could have been for 40 different Mojo uh, jobbers. Mojo Raleigh. Yeah. Any, any muscle bound dude like that. Could, that could, that could be, um, uh, I was, uh, that could be Rick Moss's music. You would not know. You would not know. Um, definitely Keith Lee's music, but he comes out and he has like, a top that reminds you of like of like Thanos's uh, top in you know the Marvel MCU movies. Except you look at it, it's like okay, he has a hoodie on. Okay, that's fine. You look closer. Wait, are those like are those Saiyan armor shoulder pads? So he's though so he's he's a Marvel and he's also Dragon Ball Z. That's all in one. All in one. Okay, okay, okay. Then you look down. You like wait, is that a grass skirt? Battle I'm skirt. Like, so he's Samoan. Is shit. he gonna do the haka? Like what? Hey, bro. Who bro. did the Usos or Roman approve this? Is this a, is this is this what uh, is this appropriation? What is going? <laughs> what, what is going on? So in my mind, this presentation I, I, has been flawed from minute one on yeah. the main roster. Yeah. Um. So. You know, obviously the presentation, the presentation, like, you know, uh, he has a kind of talent that can overcome some of this nonsense, but every, it's so hard to get someone over that, like, every bit matters. Um, and they, and they know this, uh, but it was just like looking at that whole ensemble, and I'm just like, He's trying to be so many different things with the, the the Dragon Ball Z stuff, the MCU stuff, this battle skirt that I don't know where the fuck that came from. Like he's trying to be so many things. Ultimately, he looks like nothing. He has so many gimmicks. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Um, like, you remember when Wayne said, like, I got so many styles, I am a group? Yes. Yeah, but, like, I don't listen to this group. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the key thing. Like, yeah, I appreciate we'll take all of that. that but... little win. Huh? Like, we'll take that little win right there. Yeah. Yeah. Can I get the no ceilings version, please? <laughs> Thank you. That's on streaming now. It is. But yeah. everyone had it 10 years ago. Right. Right. That might, well, I think he's had, like, one other, like, great thing, but whatever. His legacy is his legacy. Uh, yeah, so get to the match. Um, Keith Lee's not doing the Keith Lee things that make him that makes him stand out from any other other big men um, in the industry. He is having a standard match with Randy Orton, and um, he's not taking half of it. He's not taking most of it. He is working from underneath through probably I probably say what you say sixty forty, like seventy thirty seventy thirty. Okay, yeah. Um, it, but the thing is like. It's a Randy Orton like TV match, except at the end, Orton goes. Orton, you know, hits the DDT, sets up for the RKO. Uh, I don't know if he got out of it or he just basically like from there he just cleans him up and then gives him the the spirit bomb and then stacks him on the shoulders and pins him. And I'm just like. Wow, I'm really surprised that Randy that he beat Randy Orton. But at the same time, there's still one enough. And that's one of the more reasons was, like, wow, I'm surprised like he won, it, but there's still one enough. Yeah, that's that's where ultimately like I was falling on it last night because I was like, okay, they are well aware of all the backlash that has gone on this last week with Keith Lee. Not only with the, the music, music and in the top, the top, what they did with him on Raw. So it's like you almost had to let him win this match, right? But the way they laid the match out, it's like Randy Orton's in complete control of this. Um, he's laying on the guy in a headlock. Keith Lee does one leapfrog, he does a slam on the table. He does a chop and then his finish. And it's like a 1980s match. And I'm like, none of this tells me anything about Keith Lee. Like, I understand it's a win over Randy Orton, but like, I mean, is it a showcase match or is it not a showcase match? Right. To me, like, it wasn't impressive. It wasn't right. impressive at all. It was like, we right. have like a template on how to, you know, do short explosive matches like with Brody Lee, with, Br- with Lance Archer, with Brian Cage. Like, he's just fucking demolitions the motherfucker. So like, I don't Hell, know why Randy Orton Brock had to Lesnar. like own this. Right. I don't know why Randy Orton had to own this match in the way he did. And for me, like, Keith Lee didn't like he won, like, and if you he, want to he think got about caught. us, he right? Got it, it, it's like he it's didn't a beat shock. Him, he got caught. It's a shock flash finish. Like, right. Going forward will tell me more about what this was, and yep. like, but my initial feeling on it is, oh, they they realized they've bung- bungled the presentation with this. They had to give him this win, or else he was finished, or people would think he's finished. Which is and this was the same thing. Yeah. And, and this was like a, just a weird match, like as far as structure, layout, length, and the finish as well. Right. And 
I didn't, I didn't think Keith Lee did anything. Like if you didn't watch NXT, if you didn't, weren't aware of his indie career, he's, he's this big black guy. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And yeah. It, the thing for me that was weird was just like, okay, so I, I thought, you know, given what this card is, this is going to go like, you know, 12 minutes. Then it went six. I was like, huh? With six, I'm surprised. Keith, my first initial talk, my initial thought is like, wow, Keith Lee won, huh? Interesting. Because I, you know, we talked about this last week. Like, I thought that ultimately the finish was going to be Drew McIntyre shows up, you know, and gets out of the match that way. Uh, but I, I didn't think Keith Lee was going to just beat him clean. But the thing is, like, you know, you're right. It's just like he wins. And he wins in a match where it's like nobody got a chance to show to have the match, and it's like it especially like sticks out when like you just saw the match Orton had at SummerSlam a week ago. Uh-huh. It's like we can get that match between those two, like let you know to like you know at it you know when it really comes down to it, at, when you take the take it to take you know Randy Orton to into some type of real tested water, like or keep leaving some tested water, like yeah he can put away uh, Randy Orton. Like obviously there's still time. Like there, it, you know, they, this could be the beginning of the program. I doubt that though. Like I don't. But then again, you know, well let me phrase this: in a normal company, if you beat you know somebody in the title, if a, t- a title challenger loses, and then and the next pay per view loses to someone else, like they're out of title competition. But like it's WWE, like you can lose and be like Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. You lose at WrestleMania in the next pay-per-view, you're in a fucking title match. So, like, I don't think Raider done with Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. I think maybe this is something to where they can delay this to a later date. But, I don't know if that necessarily means that we're going to now get Randy Orton versus Keith Lee. Um, if we do, maybe we will get the match that we really want out of the situation where, like, we get to see what Keith Lee's all about um, in the coming weeks. But, I haven't. I'm not, I don't have NX or WWE Raw up right now. I'm watching playoff basketball while I'm recording this, so I don't know what they did this week. But we'll discuss it, you know, next week. Yeah, if it's like newsworthy, we'll like bring it in. Well, we'll bring it in because you know we're, we're probably right. <laughs> we're probably pretty right. <laughs> Never know. Like I, I mean, true. we'll see. Like, That's true. like because like I'm just playing percentages. Like, I wouldn't. Have, I, I, like, I, I wouldn't have called him winning clean, but like at right. the same time, it was like this was not impressive. Like, yeah, this is not this is not what you imagine for out of somebody you think is like that they call up like as if like a top prospect, right? Like this is think of like the stuff he did with Roman and the stuff he did with Brock. Like that was way more impressive than this six minute match. And that's right. when he and that was when he was still you know eight months away from coming up here. Now he's here. You should probably do more impressive things now that he's actually fucking here. That that's really right. the, the real main thing. She was like, you know, he won, but it's like, okay. Um, but yeah, like, I want to see a, I want to see some kick ass fifteen minute uh, Randy Orton and Keith Lee match. That'd be great. Um, yeah. So next match after that, Los Mysterios versus Seth and. Buddy Mac, I'm said Buddy McIntyre, Buddy Murphy. Um, hey, bro, uh, down at Mysterio Rookie of the Year. <laughs> I'm not even I, look. I, I, I'm I'm kind of joking, but like these two back to back Sundays, he's had two good ass matches. 
Like, do yeah, I think they're, they're going to make him into some super duper star or whatever else? No, but like, they've done pretty. No, the normal person that comes, Ricochet ain't even done this well out, out the gate in WWE. <laughs> and that's Ricochet. <laughs> so, like, where did the uh, Los Mysterios rank on best father son duos you can think of? Like, Ooh. we got like Ken Griffey Jr. and Sr. <laughs> We got uh, Alonzo and LeVar Ball. Oh, my you know. God. We got Do LeBron you... James and LeBron James Jr. Oh, Lord. Are you going to got... start pulling out Ted Ginn Sr. and Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> Look, Steve Smith Sr. <laughs> you know, just for Steve Smith. Uh, Steve Smith Sr.? You know, get Gary Trent and Gary Trent Jr. Are you going to do know. Randy and Thaddeus Moss? Yes. Okay. Yes, Randy and Thaddeus Moss. Yes. <laughs> um, who else? You know, Archie and Peyton Manning. You yeah. know. Trying oh, to think. Who else, who else we got? I mean, there's there's a there's a few throughout sports. There's a few throughout sports. Um... I, I don't know where to put it really. Uh, I, I think I think time will tell on this. It has a chance to be the best. It, it really does. It truly does. Um, oh yeah, we forgot about uh, we forgot about Barry Bonds and his dad. We forgot about that. That's right, Barry and Bobby. Yep. Um. So yeah, I, I um. I don't know. I mean, obviously, this was like you finally get the, the satisfying win as babyface team has been getting the shit beat out of them. Um, they finally got that match, you know, because they've done a lot of you know feel good moment things. Ultimately, where they come up short, where there was um, was that Survivor Series with you know them versus Brock and or Ray versus Brock that ultimately led to Dominic being in there. Um, you had SummerSlam, obviously, and then you had this match. So they've had moments with the Mysterios. Um, and it was cool to see them finally win. Um, I think, you know, this is like the attaboy for signing on to that contract. Um, but like, I, okay. Eventually Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins will not be in some type of feud. Where do you think they both go? Or do you Uh, think this is the end? Let me phrase that. Do you think this is the end? I'll start there. Do you think this is the end? Do you think this continues? Nah, they're they're going. They got to do a regular rules singles match, and I think they booked one for tonight. <laughs> oh, I'm about um, to say with Seth and Ray. Now you know it'd been hilarious. What if they had saved it from one more month and they finally did it, and it would be like the one year anniversary for when Brock came out and fucked that match before the last. Oh uh, my god! Before the, before, before uh, the la- on that last Monday of September, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. Like long term storytelling. We started a year ago. I was like, get the fuck out of here. But um. <laughs> Yeah. Kellen Winslow Sr. and the fucking soldier, Kellen Williams yeah. Winslow Jr. Oh, that's, oh, that's the number one. Like, Kellen Winslow is one of the greatest tight ends to ever play football, and then Kellen Winslow the second was the greatest college football tight end I've ever seen. Or let me phrase that, that most anyone's ever seen. So Kobe and, and Joe Jelly Bream Bryant. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of heavy lifting from Junior, ain't it? Yeah, right. that, Look, yeah. R- Randy and Bob Orton. <laughs> so yeah. now he pulling in fake uh, sports too now. 
No, hold on. Who else we got? We got Felipe and Moiselu. We got Clay Matthews Jr. and Clay Matthews the third. Let's see. We've got Dale Earnhardt and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yep. Yeah, we do. Rick and Brent Berry. Oh yeah. We got Ken Norton Jr. and Ken Norton Sr. Calvin and Grant Hill. I had no Archie idea that Calvin Hill was in the was in the NBA. I had no idea. Calvin Hill was in the NFL. Oh, okay. Okay. Yo. Uh let's see. Ned and Dale Jarrett. Whoa, 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 we're going we're getting too far away. Um Man. Please don't say Jerry and Jeff. Oh my god. <laughs> Jerry and Jeff Jarrett. Unbelievable. Please, please don't do that. You know, uh Dusty and Dustin Rhodes. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you're doing there. I see what you're doing there. Stop this right now. You, 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 you know what you're doing. Stop this. Look, bro. We've got a few weeks without Floyd going off on us on on the show. Don't do this. Do, I don't need. I don't need Floyd adding me with that bullshit. Okay. Stop. You be you be agitating that man. Stop. You know, just, just naming you know, you know his his, his you know his his first offspring. You know, uh, they say your first is your best. You know, most oh, yeah. times, you know. So uh-huh. tell that to Venus Williams. Yeah, yeah tell that yeah, to Tyler true. Griffin. True, true. Tell that to Cooper Manning. <laughs> Cooper, you know Cooper's first mistake was I want to be a wide receiver. Nah, bro, you should have been played quarterback because Cooper yeah. was such a better athlete than Eli or Peyton. That like you know obviously the you know he had the situation uh, where he got sick, but still, or actually no, it was a back situation. Like if you figured if he decided to be a quarterback, who knows where this would have ended up. But anyway, Dell and, um, Dell and Steph Curry, you know. Oh yeah, Clay, Clay, and Michael Thompson, Doc Rivers, Austin Rivers. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Sabonises. Oh yeah, yeah. Larry Nance and Larry Nance Jr. Is Larry Nance Jr. still in the league? I have not seen anything yes. since he, uh, since you know, LeBron left the Cavs. Is he still there? I believe he's still in the league. Okay. Uh, Tim Hardaway and Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a, Bill he's a Luke Walton. He's a Maverick. Yep, Bill and Luke Walton, uh, and yeah, yeah, we'll leave it there. Lots, yeah, lots of great father son combos. That's one of the things for the playoffs, right? When you just like for a team that you don't really watch that often, it's like, oh shit, Tim Hardy. That's right, he's not a Nick no more. He's he's a Maverick. <laughs> like that man, that, that man done escaped. Yeah. In the playoffs, leave leave the Nick. Look, was he in that trade with Porzingis? Yes. Yeah. Leave leave the Knicks immediately. Go to the playoffs. <laughs> Bro, I think like I no, I think he um something happened. He like resigned with the Knicks, or what? What happened was like he was originally there, right? And then uh-huh. he was a free agent. And then the Knicks had to pay like five times what they would have paid him before or some shit and it, he, he signed with them again and then he got traded I think mm, okay okay um, as far as the tag team match it was the best match on the show oh yeah it's the only match I'd recommend to anyone like I, I'd probably give it three I'd probably give it th- someone between three and a half three and three quarters I really liked that match um, I actually want to watch it again that's how much I liked it but um, Dom Mysterio 
might be rookie of the year, bro. Might be newcomer of the year. He might be. Who else are the candidates? Would Penelope Ford be one of those? Uh, you could say that. This is the first year she got a a push, kind of. Um, Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks would be up there. He's not really new, but I guess he's new. Uh, I mean, he was on NWA. That like you know, we talk about that. We talk when our category is is you know first year in a in a major promotion. So that's like you know basically New Japan, AEW, and WWE. Am I missing any major promotion? Yeah, yeah, no. Right, you're you're definitely not missing Impact or anything. No, I'm not missing Impact. Not Miss Ring Honor either. Um. So yeah, after that, uh, the main event, Triple Threat, Falls Count. No, I'm sorry, Triple Threat Nose Hole Bar Match, which is a Triple Threat match. Uh, Roman Reigns versus The Fiend versus Braun Strowman. Um, stipulation of the of the or the story of the match is that, or leading into the match is that. On SmackDown um, to on Friday, nobody has uh, come forth. Or sorry, uh, Adam Pearce has made everybody sign the contract. Roman has not signed the contract. He wants some changes added to the contract, um, and uh, that is at to be that is at the at, at the count at the council of uh, Paul Heyman. Uh, Roman Reigns is a Paul Heyman guy, which like strains my credulity because I remember him. I remember a main plot of the WrestleMania 34 storyline was that he was trying to convince Roman to sign with him then, and Roman fell for it because he spoke some saying in Samoan because he he said about how he used to do the car rides with Afin Sika, and then he handed him a, a piece of paper or a card. I can't remember the time, and then like literally. Eight seconds later, he pulls out a can of mace and maces the fuck out of Roman Reigns, and then Brock Lesnar comes out and beats the shit out of him. I think with a chair. So and like then to he see, later won the match. Yeah. So I wouldn't even leave, bring that part up, but seeing it like they had did that just two years ago, and then now all of a sudden he's a Paul Heyman guy. I was like, I, okay, you can't just sweep this off as this happened off panel, off screen. I need or I need I need at least explanation for how did. After he already suckered him in like he was fucking Sting in the 90s, how you finally, like, got him to believe you this time without him fucking choking you to death with his bare hands for trying it again. Yeah, I, I would have liked some kind of explanation before it was just, like, thrust upon us. Right. But, so, um, I, I'm I don't mind the pairing just, at all. I, yeah, I actually uh, invite I'm, the pairing. I like the pairing, but, like, as far as the story, yeah. there's, it's, there's, there's shit missing. We need that, we need that uh, filled in. Yeah, uh, so I guess I was wrong about completely last week. So he is a heel, um, and you know I don't know if he's like a chicken shit heel. He was begging off a little bit, but uh, this this move showing up halfway through the match, match was fucking horrible. Before he got there, um, they did break the ring and everything else like that. Actually, it was okay. It was it was all right. They were hitting each other with shit. Yeah, but I I. I I didn't. I won't say I liked the match, but like it was way better than the week before. Way better than the week before. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know him, like he, he was already in the match, so the whole you know sign the contract thing was weird to me. I was like, whatever. And he runs out and with the chair, and 
just beating on him. I, I got a kick out of everything, actually. Um, I thought it was funny. I it was like, yes, Roman Reigns beat these two fucking geeks and take the belt and like do something new. Like just make him the champ. Y'all always wanted to make him champ and do it as a heel and, but do it as a, like they better not fuck this off. Like and just make him this one dimensional, like, you know, shithead essentially. That's that's kind of my concern, right? Like when he should just be this big badass motherfucker that right. like put that's putting everyone in their place, that's letting them give back some of that energy he's always gotten. That's what we're looking for. Like I just hope it's not like he's like skirting around every rule. He doesn't want to fight. I'm like, since when doesn't he want to fight? Come on, man. Like he should be wanting all smoke and then Whatever. I don't know. But glad he's the champion. Way better than the fucking Fiend. Yep. Way better than Braun Strowman. Yep. Um, I, it, it sucks that WWE has to like nuke everything to the level that they do. So where Reigns is like the better option by default. Yeah. But that's kind of their strategy. Yeah. Um, if he's going to be back, I don't know how often he's going to be back. Like, I don't think you want him to, to be a regular when he has a shirt that says wreck everything and leave. Like, you, you know, um, I hope that they would have the restraint with him to where he's like on TV, like every other week. And he wrestles maybe like twice a month. Um, but you know, I, I would hope that, especially that you know he's on the two hour show. If he's on the three hour show, I feel different. But he's on the two hour show. He he doesn't need to wrestle all that often, unless you know. I take that back. You know what they're going to do? Put him out they're there. Treat him need, like he's brought. Need the ratings. I I don't want to go that far because you know that you know well early Brock. Early Brock. If you say well, no, concerned. no, no, hell no. I don't think he's going to be a part timer at all. Okay. But what I what I think they're going to. They're gonna essentially make his character like Brock. Like, I can see gonna, that. I can see like, that. I, like, that's what I would think they're gonna do. I can see that. Um, I, wh- okay, what I don't oh, want is for oh, Friday oh, to come oh. around and I hear, have to hear about, like, there is some you people, uh, promo. Um, like, you know, they well. come up with something else. Yes, I get it. If there was any person that did, that actually like could do a you personal for the backlash he got, it, it, it would be him. I get it. Um, but it's so expected that it's like I wouldn't say it's bad if they do what's expected, but I wouldn't necessarily find it interesting either. What, what if he did something like it was my fault? It was my fault I wasn't good enough for you. It was my fault that oh, you know. That, that you guys, you know, couldn't love me. It was my fault. I did all these things. You know, it was my fault for winning the Royal Rumble, you know, too early. It was my fault for, for <laughs> you, you know, your woman. Like, the, he should just, like, lean all the way in. I, uh, he's going to have to cut a promo. It was my fault for looking like this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's my fault for looking. It's my fault for looking, you know, exotic. Yes. <laughs> um. So, I don't know what to expect. I have no expectations. Like whatever they do, like hopefully it's good. Um. But I, I, but I, you know, getting the belt on him compared to those options, absolutely, absolutely. Um. It feels like they've broken the glass in case of emergency with this. 
Um, do you feel like they feel? Do you feel like they were panicking? Yes. Like uh, it's like, what was the big idea going forward? Oh, you mean uh, like? Do you think this was like some long term thing? Do you th- or are you saying like basically they did this? They pulled this out their ass. What you're saying? Like, like let's let's fucking do it because like they didn't have anything else. Like that was like like Brock's contract quietly expired. It so did? it's like. Yeah, that's mm. what I was reported earlier today. So, um, I figure that they're like, we need a way to introduce you and we just can't put you back out on TV like the way you always were. Maybe they feel like they can't. Mm-hmm. They always could. But I think it was like, well, why don't we just do it? It sucks that like there's no real fans to give them that reaction that would have just made it all worth it. But these are the times. Yeah, it's just it's a, it's just a weird thing. It was like now's the time to make him heal. Now is Vince like, McMahon probably thinks he's a quitter or some shit. Like, <laughs> but even then, it's like okay, so like what about all this fuck shit y'all did with like you know Dean Ambrose and with Drew McIntyre to you know about the cancer stuff over the last like no he, he's not a, he's not a cancer survivor no more like. It, it just felt like they they waited too long to pull the trigger, and it's like it's almost it, it feels in a way like you know we'll you know the jury's out on it like you know I want to see Roman Russell uh, you know new guys he hasn't wrestled before, and this definitely helps that that he doesn't you know, um but right right that's a yeah, keep him the fuck away, keep them the fuck away from each other, but like like this definitely is like a opens up the opportunity for fresher matchups and you know like. Um, you know, kind of gets the Royal Rumble stuff out the way with Roman. The baggage that it includes that has been the case for like, you know, better part for the last like five years. But, um, I wonder, it just feels like, you know, we always talk about like, you know, at a certain point they reached with Cena and was like, what's the point of ever turning him heel now? Like, it's, we, mm-hmm. we should did this shit years ago. It's too late. And I almost feel like, in a way, I feel like we passed that with Roman, but it's like, you know, we'll see. It doesn't necessarily mean he's not, he won't be doing good work or whatever or anything like that or have good programs or matches or none of that. Just like from an interest point of like, is we passed the point of you really wanting it on almost now. It's like that, you, mm-hmm. you know, like after, like for me, like all that shit was in my mind, I imagine this shit was all dead for a lot of people. Like after like, Oh, he's going to fight for his life for cancer. Why do I ever want to see that dude as a heel anymore? Ever in the in the future, if he comes back, if he even comes back, now he's a heel. Is like, huh? So, so like okay. Daniel Bryan before him, his return was completely airballed, yeah. and then he was turned into a heel, and then made the champion. Never They're thought about it until now, but yeah, linked. Yep, that's intrinsically linked forever. That that appears to be the case, Rich. That appears to be the case. Yeah. All right. Um, but as far as the match goes, I mean, is they went out there and they this beat the shot each, They went out there and beat the shot each other, and then Roman came in and cashed in effectively. It was funny because I was calling like, "It's like, bro, he's got the cash in," and you're, and somebody in the messenger was like, "What about Otis?" And I'm like, "What about him?" Like, <laughs> like, look, if you want to do a cash with Otis, sure, have him cash in right now. Have Roman come out here and pin him. Uh, before Otis could win the title, or have Otis come out there after he's, you know, quote-unquote, you know, robbed these two big lives that went out there and, and, and slapped meat for 10 minutes, 
have him come out there like he's gonna cash in and have Roman spear him out his fucking boots and get rid of and get rid of the cash in for the rest of the year. Like, uh, you know, I like Otis. The cash in the the money in the bank thing was just a mistake. Um, <laughs> like you know he he's a, he is a lower mid car comedy act. Like I, I mean, would you want to see our truth with the briefcase? I wouldn't. No. Yeah. Um, you know. No, what else would be a mistake, James? What? It would be a mistake if you guys did not order your Manscaped products. So, support for One Nation Radio this week, like all weeks, is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered jewels for your tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Uh, Manscaped has a redesigned electronic trimmer, and the engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released a new, improved lawnmower 3.0 and you know since we just reviewed payback um you know we're, there's another pay-per-view that's coming this weekend is the AEW all out pay-per-view so we want to uh, here at the so suplex podcast network take care of that for you so um the we're running a contest to where um if you guys send us Proof of purchase of any kind of, you know, purchase from Manscaped does not have to be the full shaver. It can be any of their products. Um, you, what you're going to want to do is send proof of that purchase to social suplex at gmail.com. And we're taking care of the first five people that do it. I know a couple of spots have gone already. So if you want to watch all out for free, make sure you do that. Uh, send in your proof of purchase to so suplex at gmail.com. And of course, don't forget uh, to use our code suplex. Uh, that's right. The code suplex and you get 20% off with free shipping at manscape.com. And with that, we will transition to talking about Thursday's episode of uh, AW Dynamite. Yes. AW is all by itself uh, this week on a foreign night and NXT was by themselves. Um, yeah. This yeah. week will be the same thing too where uh, NXT will be on a Tuesday for what reason I don't know but hockey um, playoffs. Oh, okay. You, and then uh, on Wednesday Dynamite will have Wednesday to itself. Yeah, so um, yeah, I liked this show. Um, I was actually on All Things Elite this week immediately following uh, the show, so everything was just kind of sinking in uh, immediately, and I've since, like, you know, thought about, you know, the show more and all that, and just let's get to it. So we had the gauntlet, of course, up first. Um, we started, uh, you know, the teams were the Young Bucks, Natural Nightmares, uh, Best Friends, and FTR. Um, what did you think of this match, James? Um, I liked the I think I thought the best match was the Young Bucks versus the uh, best friends, and then uh, th- and then I, I none of the matches were bad, but um, none of the matches like popped for me where I was like, yeah, this is some match I'd recommend. But I mm-hmm. did like the um, I did like all three matches as far as like you know they good work done, especially uh, the beginning with Dustin and, and QT versus uh. The Young Bucks, like, they it worked at a very fast pace to start out. Yeah. Um, you know, I even alluded to it with the joke with uh, Dustin running out of breath. <laughs> um, 
I did enjoy. I think my favorite, one of my favorite spots of the night or this week actually was uh, the spot where um, QT Marshall goes for. Or, I'm sorry, QT Marshall in the words of Jericho uh, went for the um, went for the springboard handstand rebound and yes. whatever his gimmick was going to be, whether it was going to be the uh, the kick, the, the head kick, or, or whatever else, or uh, the flip over kick, where there's going to be like the Will Ospreay or the Cedric Alexander, but. Um, Young Bucks both ducked out the way. He landed on his knees and he both fucking super clicked his face off. I was like, thank you, Young Bucks. <laughs> Appreciate you for that. That's, yep. that's going in the meme hall of fame for me. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the second match with, um, Best Friends had the spot where at the very beginning of the match, the very beginning, um, Chuck Taylor hurts his knee. And sells his knee and then like proceeds to wrestle the rest of the match without doing anything at all with his knee. Um, the only thing that was commentary was on the, on the ball and referenced it because they knew what was going to play into the finish, even though the wrestlers somehow didn't know that or Chuck, Chucky T didn't realize that. Um, Post production. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- and then we get to the not th- this, this, this fucking guy, Hank Van Page. Yeah. Man, man, there's some hoish activity out here. They were setting up, the Young Bucks were setting up for the, uh, was it Any Taker or Meltzer Driver? I can't remember. One of the two. Yeah, I, I, I don't know which it, one is it, which. It honestly. didn't get that far. Okay, yeah. the Meltzer Driver is the uh, flip, uh, the flipping tombstone. Okay. The Indie Taker is the one where he just jumps uh, flat like a regular springboard. It's just a basic stuff pal driver. Right. Okay. Okay, so Meltzer's the flip. Makes sense, because Meltzer loves flips. Yeah, uh, no, gotta, so, yeah. Gotta okay, do it extra for Dave. That makes all the sense. Like, bro, I saw some match that he gave four and a quarter on AEW's uh, uh, um, cage match match guy that he gave four and a quarter, and, like, the the cage match rating suggested that shit is, like, two and three quarters. <laughs> like, Are you God. serious? Yes. Oh, or, no, I'm sorry, three and a half. I'm sorry, three and a half. Okay. Three and a half. I was like, God. Damn, Melser, you be like you be killing, you be ODing it with these fucking reigns for AEW. Anyway, um, yeah, so they were setting up for either any take or Melser driver, and then Hangman um runs sprints, sprints like Bro, like a guy, like a, like he got, like he was from the fucking future, and he was trying to stop some bullshit from happening. Like he <laughs> like he fresh off the time machine, sprinted in, grab um. I think he grabbed, yeah, he grabbed Nick, Nick by the leg, um, and then I forgot which one it was with the Chucky tier or or, uh, or Trent. Beretta. Okay, so Trent rolls him, rolls it up for a uh, for a cover, and then th- he looks, he basically begs off to the corner. He, they get to win. Um, Bro, I was he, shocked. Really, I thought I always thought that they were going to avoid the Young Bucks match. Young Bucks versus FTR. I didn't think they were going to do that on TV. Like this was a great like angle. Like it was like, like I felt like an audible gasp. I was like, no, like oh. Hangman. Because I was like, I didn't see Hangman at first, and then they were oh, like, okay. this Hangman there. I'm like, Hangman, where the fuck is he? And then you see him, and I'm like, oh no, he's fucking the Bucks. And then it was like. Oh shit! The bus lost. So that's how they got out of it. Okay, okay. like it's like they always just okay. figure it out. I was expecting them to lose, so I was like, I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting to figure out how they lose. And then I saw Hangman. I was like, Oh, that's what they did. I see what you did there. Um, and, you know, 
it just plays to the motivation. It's your time to shine, James. Go ahead. Nah, I'm not taking a victory lap on this. Like, cause this wasn't like I was, I was some clairvoyant or I had the foresight. They never told us a story to say that Hangman wasn't anything but some, but some melodramatic bitch the whole time. Just, he started drinking beer and people liked it. So I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna take credit for it. Like, I was just right in, like, I feel like more people should have picked this up. That's all. Um, or not pick this up, but like, you know, if you like Hangman, I like him too, but it's like, cause obviously he's a very talented dude, but it's like, I, I just never, I just I never got think- in the storyline for why people want to boo the Bucks during that, that match. I was like, the, the, the young Bucks rooted for this dude, wanted to keep him around, and he's like in his feelings and insecure. Like, I, I don't I still- see how that's a, how that is a, uh, a character trait that y'all would want to root for. I just find that to be weird. I still think the long term plan is for Heyman to, to end up the babyface here. So could be. I'm not. I'm not putting anything in stone, but like I'm just saying, he's 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 acting like he's going out like a sucker. He's absolutely yeah, right going out now, like a sucker. For sure. Like strangely, yeah. like Kenny has not been around the last two weeks, and I feel like when yeah. Kenny comes back, there's going to be like held like he's going to beat the shit out of Heyman, or so, right. something's going to happen. And like, Kenny, you know, and look, Kenny been out here in the last couple of weeks, you know, on edge. Been out here trying to murder people, so it's like it's not like it, look. The only <laughs> everybody's a hill AEW bitch, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, uh, they he can't look him in the eyes. Um, they're looking at him. They staring daggers into him. They're just like, bro, why would you fuck us? What did we do to you, bro? Like, and he had no answers. He can't look him in the eye. And then they move on with the, to the next match. Uh, FTR comes out. They immediately attack uh, Chucky e. T's leg. And then it's like, oh, so like, now now it's time for you to sell it again. Um, so they end up slapping a move on his leg. They work over his leg a bit. They slap on a move on his leg. He taps out. They get the win. Um, such hard work by FTR. Yeah, I mean, look, they, look, they did their work at the start. They won all those matches to get this favorable position, right? Like, you remember uh, when you were in high school and you had math homework and it was like show your work. Yeah. We showed our work. We put all our work out here on display in the weeks leading up to this moment, and you know we got we got the pole positioning. That's all it is, you know. We got pole position because we ran well uh, on the, you know, what is the shit they do before they actually have NASCAR uh, races on the weekend? Ooh, uh, I forgot what shit's called. Test runs? Are they test runs? No idea. Whatever no the test runs like shits where they wrestle, or they wrestle, they, they race during the weekend or whatever else to figure out pole positioning. Like, they were at the front of that. They had the best, you know, laps at that time and not a time for the race. They got pole position. That's all this is. Um, so, so yeah. Yeah, shout out to Bubba Wallace. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, but you know, um, revival versus uh, Hangman and Kenny Omega. Um, Can't wait! I will be in the building. We're gonna get. We're not gonna get some clean finish. Like some goofy's gonna happen. I don't mean goofy. Like there's gonna be some random someone cheats or whatever else. But like we're gonna get something where some somebody's turning. Yeah, and somebody abandoned somebody. Like, or... Yeah, somebody's like the, the belts are going to change because one of them quits on the other, and we'll go from there. That's what it seems like we're headed because, like, look at how both of these two dudes are acting. Like these, look, these aren't mega powers, but like they damn sure about to explode. 
Yeah. Um, I think this is going to be – this is the match I'm looking forward to, to the most. Uh, I'm actually going all out. Do so. you think it would be better than Hank, than Young Bucks versus uh, Kenny and them? Kenny and Hangman? Because I don't think it will be. I, it, look, I'm not about to about to predict something being better than the greatest head match of all time. So, <laughs> like, they're gonna have to show me, but um, I, I'm hyped for it. So, okay. Uh, um, um, they then announced uh, another match that will be at the All Out show. There's going to be the return of the Casino Battle Royal. So, of course, at Double or Nothing, they did a ladder match instead of the Battle Royal out of, you know, they weren't trying to put 21 people in the ring at the same time. But since we've all collectively decided that uh, COVID-19 is over, uh, we're going to have, you know, a Battle Royal here. And I, on all things lead, I said quietly the AEW roster has expanded as they've gotten more people back and signed new people. Um, I have no problem with a Battle Royal here. I would have liked to see Ricky and Darby in a singles match. Uh, however, both of those guys are in this Battle Royal along with Lance Archer. Um, the, the new, um, you know, uh, Eddie Kingston unit, those five guys. And, um, I, I would assume some, some Dark Order members will be in there. Oh, yeah. You see lots of nimbers in there. Lots yes. of nimbers. Not numbers, yes. nimbers. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, all like Brian Cage, uh, Team Taz, all those guys are in there. So this should be pretty good. Like, battle, like, AEW's done really good battle royal so far. Any surprise guesses? You know, there's going to be like one or two. Has to be one. Um, oh yeah, one is a twenty-one is always you know, or the yeah, twenty-one is their surprise guy. Yeah, or person. Uh, I'm trying to think who's out there. Um, <laughs> we we have scraped the plate, haven't we? Yeah, uh, I don't think Rusev is doing anything in wrestling right now, Who? so I'm not even going to say him. Uh, Rusev. Oh, I thought you said Rousseau, and I was like, wait, what? No, no. Like, no I don't want him no. anywhere near professional wrestling. <laughs> I don't even want him to watch the shit, let alone be there. Yeah, I, I think it's either like Lance Archer or um, some shock guy who I haven't determined yet that comes out last. Lance Archer? Yeah. Why would that be a surprise, though? Well, I'm saying, like, if they don't have a surprise, they'll bring in Lance last. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, like, clear niggas out. Gotcha. Okay. Um, then highlight of the show. Um, of course, well, this talking segment, they had Jay Roberts in the ring sounding drunk. Uh, Taz didn't quite get his promo out. Uh, but then Ricky Starks and Darby Allen beat the shit out of each other and, uh, Starks was shoeless running away from this man was hilarious. Uh, Cage and Archer try to face off and they're teasing that monster battle there. Oh, well, you forgot that you forgot the squash match. I did. Oh yes, yes, that's right. Uh, Lance Archer wrestled Evolve Legend and uh, CWC Legend Sean Maluda. I saw a, him. A I was man like, that, wow, Sean Maluda, and then and then the graphic came up. I was like, huh, haven't seen him. Yeah, yeah. So um, for those of you not familiar, this man took Kota Ibushi to his absolute limit uh, in round one of the CWC. For for about four or five seconds, he looked like he was going to win. And then Ibushi got him the fuck out of here. And we hadn't really seen much of him since he's done job work all around 205 Live. Yep. Uh, he was an Evolve as well. And he makes his way here. And, um, you know, 
gets gets fucked up by Lance. So after that highlight of the show, uh, the video package for the AEW Women's World Championship match at All Out. Billy Corgan's on there um, doing a voiceover. He put it over how great it is that the NWA and AEW are working together. Um, they put over um, both Thunder Rosa as a big star and a talented wrestler and a champion, showing the uh, 1948 belt all on the screen. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, uh, the JR built up Sheeta. Yes, J- JR built up Sheeta a lot. They signed a contract for it. Uh, this thing was two minutes long, and it felt like, man. Um, I saw everything. I saw, I saw both of these women in their own element. Like Hikaru, she had the kimono on and was looking tough and poised and like a champion. And Thunder Rosa showed up in the dress with the, with the face paint on, which was a quite unique look. Uh, so I was, I was very into this. Yeah. Um, I thought this was very well done. Um, and it, it, you know, it wasn't even like it was a long thing and, it, and nor did it need to be, but like this was something that like I feel like they could do for, you know, pretty much any any big matchup. Um, and this was well done. Like, and then, you know, obviously they had to do a lot of, or not a lot of work, but like, they absolutely had to do some work on explaining to the people, their fan base, who, uh, not Rashida, but they know who that is, but who Thunder Rosa was and why this is a big deal. And I thought they did a good job showing that match she had um, last year with uh, Allison K. Highlights of it to show, like, some of the things she could do is, like, you know, Yes, she is NWA Women's Champion, but like, you know, she can go. Um, so, you know, I, you know, whatever they got as matches, uh, is a plus. You know, it's cherry on, or not cherry, my god, icing on top of the cake. So, you know, I, I, you know, this is a nice luxury match. Yep. Look forward to seeing that one too. Um, then we got the uh, Moxley and MJF contract signing. So MJF came up with his lawyer, Mark Sterling, and his uh, campaign entourage, and Mox uh, joined him. And uh, MJF like then goes on like a long, unique promo. Um, just, just great talking uh, up and down. Um, he said that he was a pro wrestling prodigy. He grew up stuttering guys, studying guys like Ernie Ladd and Buddy Rogers while Moxley was watching the Sandman, uh, Onita and John Zandig. He also, and, who else? He mentioned one other person. Uh, Sandman, Onita, uh, oh, New Jack. He mentioned New Jack. New Jack. Yes, that's right. I'm like, man, you you would watch your mouth. Yeah, I'm talking about New Jack. I would never talk about New Jack. Hi, New Jack, if you're hearing this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I like this whole like I thought MJF's promo was like great. It went a little long, but it was great. Um, I, his execution is always on point. Like that's never the issue with me. It's just like for me, um, it's more of a concern of. Does the average person know this, or or would even believe this, or you know, um, like so? For me, when he talks about the influences for um, for Moxley, and talks about you know, you watch all this trash hardcore wrestling um, and death matches or whatever else, it's like uh, you know, this is supposed to be the hard. This is supposed to be the, the, the promotion that, or th- this is the promotion that doesn't insult your intelligence and, like, knows that you know stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't really buy that as a claim against, as a realistic claim that, that someone like MJF would actually really give to John Moxley. Like, if this was just to say that, like, you know, you wrestled like a garbage wrestler, that's one thing, but it's like your influence were actually these guys. Like, maybe they are, but it's like, his influence are also like Bret fucking Hart. You know what I mean? That's why it's kind of <laughs> weird to me. It's like, this dude is like basically like, you know, maybe if this was, if, you, if he was talking to Dean Ambrose, then, yeah, I buy that that he was talking to Dean Ambrose, but he's talking to John Moxley, and like, yes, it's the same person, but like, it's different. It's like, one person's a figure man's wrestler that will, you know, pull a cheese grater and, and slice your fucking face. Uh, and then like, but Ambrose is the guy that they said he, that, um, that, you know, that he was, I feel like that promo was better against Ambrose instead of Dean Moxley's one, uh, Dean Moxley. I feel like that promo is better for Dean Ambrose than John Moxley, if you get what I'm saying. And I don't know if like that was intentional or not, but like, I didn't feel like he was trying to differentiate at the time. Yeah. Um, so, so that's kind of where I'm on it, but like it was, it, it still had a lot of stuff in it that was very good. And like, you know, like I said, his delivery and stuff is always on point. So, um, John Moxley got, he got named the, um, PWI 500 number one. Yep. Um, no problem at all there. <laughs> like, looking at, like, you know, and he, he's, this is probably a precursor for, get ready, everybody, for him winning the Ric Flair Luthes, uh, award. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it's him. Yeah. Like, and he, we've been, we've been look- discussing this even before this came out about, like, where he, you know, what his year's been like. And, you know, COVID or not, like, if you're going to count the award, he be he would be an MVP. Yeah. Um, also, it's PWI. If you want to really get upset over it, come on, man. It's K-Fabe. Um, it's K-Fabe. But, you know. And in K-Fabe, uh, he absolutely should be number one. He hasn't yeah. lost this year. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't lost. He's been a world champion. He's done great business. He's been in two companies. He's champion right. in both companies. Right. Who else? Who would be a better pick? Yeah. Especially for the time frame, where it's like from summer to summer, not like you know, it's, it's from summer to summer. Like right now, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I heard Jericho was three. Jericho was three. Yep. Who's two? Uh, Adam Cole was number two. But since NXT, since NXT isn't a world championship, like it's not recognized as a world championship, I think people got some people got upset by that and claimed that was biased. Well, I'm, I just have one answer for them. Like WWE doesn't even count NXT as a world championship. So once they do that, maybe someone else in a publication will. I um, Adam Cole makes sense because how great his um, how great the first six months of the time of the grading period was for him. But so I, was, I see that. I get that. After that, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, what I would say is like his six months or that six months he had was like better than anyone else in the world, maybe. So I can see how like even just being around still floats, keeps him alive. Like he was still having some pretty good matches like after February or actually I take it back. Like his run basically goes from like June to February. So it's more than six months, more like, you know, um, seven or eight months. But yeah, I'm with you. Um, so pretty much like Moxley, like starts responding and, uh, he got pissed after, you know, MJF made this comment about Renee Young. Uh, Moxley didn't need the paradigm shift, but he'd like to dump his opponent on his head, head and neck just cause he doesn't like him. So right. nothing matters. You, September 5th, you're a dead man. Uh, he basically tricks him into signing the, uh, contract, uh, immediately. 
and Moxley had added a stipulation and Basil was a smart baby face and basically said, yeah, I get the lawyer next week. And if he doesn't show up, MJF loses a shot. Uh, so I would, now, now the storyline's essentially all built up. I would have wanted more. Like I thought it was going to go to a level higher, but we'll see when the match comes. So Moxley beats the shit out of uh, the lawyer MJF in Warlow beat his ass for the heat in the, like or at on the go home show, right? That's what you, that's what you envision. That's what you expect. That's right? what I would think because they yeah. they still haven't really gotten physical, so. Or physical, or in a way to where, like you know, you oh, believe okay, that yeah, the MJF yeah. can actually beat um, Moxley or, or put Moxley or hurt Moxley because, like, all it's been is pretty much like you know MJ or him getting better MJF, which like I'm fine with that for a, a top babyface, you know, champion, you know, foiling the heels, you know, elaborate plans and stuff. But um, I kind of want. Uh, MJF needs to needs to put him down one time to get you to believe it at least one time. Yeah, then we had a uh, eight man tag match: uh, Lucha Bros and Butcher and a Blade against Joe Janela, Sunny Kiss, Brian Pillman Jr. and who the fuck is Griff Garrison? So, <laughs> um, yeah, this is a quick match, pretty much designed to uh, have Lucha Bros and Butcher and a Blade uh, look strong. Uh, they got, you know, the win and basically, um, you know, put away, uh, Pillman Jr. after Pillman Jr. Uh, did a nice little hot tag at the end. Um, so from here, uh, Eddie Kingston announced that, uh, they'd all be in the, uh, Casino Battle Royal. Of course, um, you know, a lot of guys in there. So after that, Brody Lee came out <laughs> and it was time to celebrate his TNT championship victory. And he cuts a hell of a promo. I think his best promo since he's like, it was a little bit, it was like a longer version of what he did before the Cody match, but now he has the belt to go with the, the uh, confidence, the real belt. So like, um, he said that the open challenge uh, series was dead, no more time for the independent wrestlers. Yes, Brody Lee, a fan of Stop the Charity. Um, and he ordered that the Dark Order is silenced, and he introduced Anna Jay as the newest member of the family, number 99, as she is the Queen Slayer and the Great One, like like Wayne, uh, or excuse me, uh, like Wayne Gretzky, yes. So she's number or 99. The Rock. Yeah. No, well, you said the Great One, maybe you think the Rock, but yes, yeah. yes, Wayne Gretzky, 99, yes. Yeah, so um, John Silver tried to you know tr- tr- try try tried it basically, and and he got slapped by Brody Lee, and from there uh, Dustin Rhodes and QT came out, and you just got to see this whole promo for yourself. It was awesome. Um, Do you like the part where the, where <laughs> the numbers start chanting "You deserve," and he tells him "Shut the hell up, yes. <laughs> get that shit out of here." Loved it. And then Ross, you can hear Ross cross the ass with commentary. He says, I approve. Someone lines up, like, letting you know, like, yeah, 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 get that shit out of here, too. I don't like that. (laughs) Then um, Dustin and QT brought their ass out for some reason, and they got their ass whooped. And then Scorpio came out and cleared the ring, and then um, Anna Jay slapped him. And then he got laid out by Brody Lee. And uh, this is then Matt Cardona came and saved the baby faces and ran uh, the Dark Order off. And uh, we've got Cody's uh, friends and his brother uh, and some guy he fought once all teaming up to fight on his behalf. Yeah, 
and they wore that ass whooping. Yeah. All right. At least Scorpio Sky is booked on the pay per view. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Brody Lee, uh, he'll be a different kind of champion here, uh, it seems, from Cody. No open challenge. Uh, a fan of that because I think it's time to start pulling that back a little bit, especially, you know, my hashtag stop the charity movement that was yeah. going on. Yeah, like it wasn't a TV title. I'm glad that, you know, they're showing that it wasn't, in fact, a TV title, just something that Cody wanted to do. Or whoever, or someone, or some decision they made to where you know they wanted to have Cody, you know, try to get over some guys, um, which you know, I don't know if you could have done a better job. So I'm not knocking it for that at all. Um, it came at a time though when I was like, Ugh, but um, it worked for the most part. It was mostly a positive thing. Um, the only real thing I have an issue with was like that one match he had with like uh, Jungle Boy. Just like yo, all of this for Jungle Boy. <laughs> All of this from Jungle Boy, uh, but um, yeah, they didn't he blade off of bumping his head into a wall. Yes. Oh my fucking god! All right, I'm not <laughs> enough of Cody. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, man, yeah. here for it. Interested to see who is um, you know, opponent is going to be um at pay per view, or if he's even going to be in pay per view, or what you know, what's he going to do? But um, interested to start seeing um Luke Harper in you know. Semi-main events or you know big matches in the in the weeks to come. So he's actually going to be in an eight-man tag against those guys. Oh, that's he's, right. He's yeah. So okay, that's, that'll be that'll be a fun match. Yeah. Do we do so, we know which numbers we're going to get? Uh, not yet. Okay. I don't believe so. So right. uh, up next we had uh, Britt Baker and Reba and Penelope Ford versus Big Swole in a comedy match. Oh my god, this match. Um. Yeah, this was not good this at all. Sucked. This was like, ooh, like it, it just wasn't good at all. Like yeah. Penelope fucked up a lot of stuff, and she didn't do that. Didn't ask her to do that much. Um, Rebel, I don't know if it was her still playing the gimmick of she doesn't know what she's doing, and and, and then also how much was it like actually like she, she's rusty as fuck. So it was it was a lot, but it didn't. It was not good, and it was like. Like, this ain't it. Like, like this ain't it. So yeah, this um, this is bad. This is bad. This is like one it, of the worst things. That, this is one of the worst things that's ever been on AEW television. Like, this is real bad. Like, which is which is like that is a demerit in history, but it also shows you that like they have a level of competency that you know really it really is surprising. Um, you look at this, you know, approaching a year now. Um, that that's like one of the worst things they've ever done. Uh. There's a point, I don't know what point, I don't know if you noticed, but like, we got to a point in the show, like, the second half or towards the end where, like, the show seemed like they didn't know where they were putting segments or people were changing, like, people's reads, and it was like, just fucking, from a production standpoint, it seemed so disorganized and panicked. Did you ever, mm-hmm. do you pick up on that? Nah. Like, there was a part where they were like they were doing reads or whatever else or like trying to give you the lineup for pay-per-views or whatever else and like Ross is reading something it's coming at the wrong time like they're missing camera shots because like one cameraman's not in the right position um the music or uh people's they don't turn hitting people's music cues right at the right time to turn on or off people's mics come on at the wrong time you come back from commercial break and like someone's in the middle of their fucking promo had already started before uh 
like seconds before uh, they came back to commercial break. I don't know what it was. It was, but it was all over the place. And I don't know if that was because I was, I didn't watch it live and I was watching off of, um, I was watching off a copy of it. And I don't know, like, it was an English copy. And I don't know if, like, they were just fucking up the English, or not by English, I mean British, like the British, uh, version of it or what. But, like, mm-hmm. it just felt like just total chaos in this organization. Um, from production side, like, you know, the mat, the stuff, it wasn't like there was bad stories being told, but it was like, as far as, uh, go from transition from this way, we're doing the, you know, this block of time to go to the next thing, the next thing, it just felt like everything was always off, like, at a certain point, maybe hmm. like the last half hour, last 40 minutes, but it became un, it came so noticeable. Um, gotcha. yeah. So uh, there was a uh, a part where Hangman Page was at the bar and Dasha caught up with him and asked him about his actions for earlier in the night. And then the young buzz busted in there and basically uh, kicked Page out of the elite and cut a promo on him up and down, called him a jobber, uh, and left. And then Hangman was looking all sad and sorry, and he broke a mirror, and it looked like some, you know, as people have described, like some supervillain origin shit, like where he's staring yeah. in a broken mirror. Like it was one of the, this was one of the super heavy handed like this would be on WWE of like he is now a broken man and he is staring into a broken mirror. Mirror, get it? Is like uh, Matt, Matt, like trying or pretending to cry was just. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh. I didn't. I didn't feel it. It just made me laugh. Um, but yeah, like it was a necessary step. They had to have a confrontation. Um, calling him a drunk. Calling calling him a was like I get that one. Calling him a jobber was like oh, so he's has a job. This is a jobber mentality. Is what he's having. Like yes, yes, <laughs> I was like state. okay. It's a mind state. He said, I only called you a jobber once, <laughs> but tonight you wanted to act like a jobber. Like, leave the talking to Matt, Nick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, stick to the best comeback in the business. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this was, this was, you know, I, as a big time fan of the elite, this is, uh, you know, whatever these guys fight against each other is always something like I, I kind of get invested in. So, uh, this ain't over and it's, you know, it's still going. You would have thought the match would have settled it, but you know, smoke's still in the city apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know where this is headed, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. So, um, after that we had like a uh, tables match between Matt Hardy and Sam Rivera <sighs> and bro, they beat the shit out of each other in this match. Did they beat the shit out of each other or did like, they just, I don't feel like they beat the shit as much as like they both like did a bunch of falling into into stuff, and they but they like they basically like they yes they beat the shit out of each other but the each other was themselves like there's really they beat the shit out of themselves and not like each other like the damage that was inflicted upon each other was done by themselves like Matt Hardy hurt Matt Hardy Sammy Guevara hurt hurt Sammy Guevara it wasn't like Matt Hardy was hurting Sammy or, or reverse like. Sam was bumping his ass off on the apron, through tables, or miss, you know, people getting out the way, and ditto for Matt. Um, do we know where, um, that cut came from? Was that off the edge of the tables what caught, uh, I think it was some face? Type of, 
I think it was some type of receipt that, that Matt gave him for for the chair throw or whatever. Because I looked like that was not a blade job. Like that right, was right. Like the side of the head. It, I didn't know, but the blood didn't happen until after uh, he. It was in commercial, I think, when the blood happened. My okay, so I don't know what was commercial because I had a I, I was watching a, the uh, UK uh, copy of it. So like he did a or Sammy was doing a dive onto uh, out of the ring onto a table that Matt was on. Matt got out the way, and then all of a sudden you see Sammy grab his head, and then like you see blood, and I'm like, did he blade off a ta- off of a table dive? So one thing about the US version was this match was. And like a lot of it took place in the commercial because ah. something ran long okay. or whatever. And then they were crunched for time. And some people said it seemed rushed, but I thought the urgency added to the match. Okay. So maybe that's why the whole show felt like it. Maybe that's why I, the stuff I was talking about earlier is what happened is like something went over and then like they were scrambling to try to, you know, steal minutes. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Sammy ended up getting the win at the end. Uh, and then I think they are doing a, a match at all out as well. But the stipulation is, uh, it has been announced eye for an a, eye. a broken rules match. So I don't know what it is, but this is probably the big cinematic match with, with those guys or whatever the fuck a broken rules match is. So uh, I don't know if the road to all out went up today. I would have to check. They probably explained it there. Okay. But yeah, that was it. That was a show. Um, I liked it overall. Uh, I want to hear a, another review from me. For some reason, I was on all things elite this this uh, week. So go ahead, check it out. Okay. Uh, so NXT. Oh man. Um, I'm going to go short on NXT, and I really mean that this time. Um, they opened the show with um, your boy relinquishing the title, um, carrying cross. Uh, he said, I did everything I said I was going to do. Um, this is not the end. Um, and when I come back, nothing, this changes nothing. And I was like, this changes everything. <laughs> You're going away from us, my guy. Um, <laughs> so. He's, he basically is letting you know, like, when I come back, I'm going to be a heel. Don't cheer for me. None of that shit. Like, so, uh, he, re- he puts down the title and he walks away. Scarlet touches the, the green screen, or sorry, the, uh, the Titan Tron screen in the backdrop, um, up on the ramp. And then, like, the screen catches fire from her touching it. And I'm like, so you're still on this magic thing, even though, like, she can't, like, ma- she can't magic this nigga's shoulder back in his socket. Like, this is whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, after, uh, come back commercial break or, or whatever else it was, uh, we ended up getting, um, NXT tag title match, Imperium, Eichner, Bartel versus Fandang, Breezango, which is like, that makes no sense because Breezango, um, they had a title match in the last, like, month. They lost. Mm-hmm. So they won on the pre show to take over. So they get another title match and they, they had a pretty fun match. Um, probably somewhere like three, three and a quarter. Um, and they win. Breezango wins. They put over that this is the first time either one of them have won a title in WWE. Um, and, you know, they're champions, uh, of a vision, uh, of a division that is a shell of its former self. Um, and I, yeah. Don't know when that division ever turns around. 
Um, this feels like it's out of another time. Like, oh, this is not American Alpha's division. This is not DIY's division. This is not Revival's division. This is not Undisputed Era's division. This is not hell. Like, Lor- I would tell you this is not Lorcan and Birch's division, but they're still fucking here. This ain't the Street Profits division. I don't. Why? Like, I don't. I don't. I don't get this. Like, um, they need to put. Well, like you, these dudes, you know what like, the plan was going to be. Nah, they were going to do Velveteen and Loomis as a, as a as a odd couple tag team, uh, and then you know, you remember that? You know what? I rather I'm with the Breezango then. Um, no, I'm, I'm good. All I'm saying is, after the Matt Riddle thing, after Riddle, you know. Um, not real. After you know, Brosaways had to at pandemic hits. Brosaways can't be a thing. Matt Riddle go, or, or uh, Dunn goes he back to the UK. Home. It went up in smoke. They were supposed to anchor that division for the next six months. It went up in smoke. Yeah, you know see, Brosaways, Matt Riddle, smoke, haha. Ha. Um, and then they basically they like we're going to put on a tag on a quality tag team, and then from there. They had no good options for baby faces. They just didn't. Um, Amazing. All them dudes in the wrestling school. But Breezango. <laughs> whatever. Like, um, they can have a good little match. They can't have great matches, but they can have a good little match. Well, I'll take that back. Breeze can still have great matches, I, I believe. I believe he can still have great matches. Um, I, I remember that stuff he was doing Ricochet um, at the either the beginning of 2019 or the end of 2018. Uh, he, can st- he can still go. Um, you know, one of the better hot tags in the biz is actually Fandango's. But, um, you know, they're they're just, you know, they're a tired act. No yeah. disrespect to them. It's just like, you know, they, they did on the main roster. They're here. They fill out a place because, like, that, they were a main roster act. Like, all these main roster acts... Outside of coming back for like you know one show or whatever else, like coming back as a full time act, they all feel out of place. Yeah. They all feel out of time because their time has passed them. Um, like the closest one that makes any sense is like Balor, but that's because they push Balor and protect him like crazy, and they put him in all these matches. They be like, oh yeah, I like to see him versus Gargano or Ciampa or Adam Cole or Fit or or um, Damian Priest or Keith Lee. The average person that comes back doesn't get that kind of treatment. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think what else happened on the show. Uh, I'm doing this all, to, all off the dome after a while. Freestyle. Yeah, this is like the first show that I watched this week, and I, I watched this on Saturday, and then like I watched uh, su- su- some or super super show, summer struggle, the pay per view backlash, dynamite. Uh, watch some seedling because they had their fifth anniversary show on Wednesday last Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um trying to think what else is important oh yeah so they also um talked about announced that they're doing a fatal uh, 60 man iron man fatal four-way match next tuesday so next week for the title with gargano and champa and uh finn balor and adam cole um match should be a super match one of the best matches of the year um so we'll see what happens um do not go to overtime don't do very, not. very video game like match. This is something I would have booked in like no mercy, like yeah. on the N sixty four, like <sighs> with four players, four controllers. Let's do a sixty minute match and see who can win the most times. Yeah, and also you've got one point. Who name me a baby face in that out of that four? 
Durant, name that's some, my point. Look, look, name somebody that debuted for NXT in the what? last three years in that match. <laughs> or, or two years. In no, that three match. years. It's been over three yeah. years. Got to remember, Adam Cole and Red Dragon and them, they, they, they debuted at Brooklyn 2017. It's right, been three right. years. We just passed right. the three-year mark. Okay, um, so yeah, but like, um, Finn Balor's a heel, never turned babyface. Adam Cole never turned babyface. Like, you want to say, well, he's turning babyface based off of this feud he just had with McAfee. I would like to point out to you that, like, early on the show, they had undisputed beat the fuck out of uh, out of um, uh, what's his name? Oh my god. Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick. Yeah, after like two weeks ago, they beat the shit out of Drake Maverick and also Killing and Dane and beat Stomp those two out and they were in the middle of the match for no reason. They're still heels. Um, Ciampa, on this show, he fought Jake Atlas. Uh, Jake Atlas, I think he slapped him. And mm-hmm. then Ciampa gave him a shoot headbutt. And I know it's a shoot because after he headbutted him, all of a sudden, a big ass uh, red uh, inflammation popped up on the side of uh, Champa's head, um, and then he proceeded to beat the shit out of uh, out of <laughs> out of Jake Atlas. He he stomped the mud hole in him, then gave him the um, the uh, the rope, the DDT through the ropes. Then yeah. he beat his ass some more. They had to stretch. They pulled him, gave him a stretcher job. They he pulled him off the stretcher, and then he actually gave him the DDT from hanging off the stretcher. He beat the shit out of Jake Atlas. Um, yeah. Why so, did they have to be Jake Atlas? Like use somebody else in the wrestling school, man. I thought the same exact thing. Like where is where is Leon Ruff? Where is uh, Denzel Dijonet? Where is you know uh, Luke Menzies? Yeah. Fuck. Luke Menzies, uh, bring out, bring out the fucking, uh, bring out Rick Booze. He wants to still focus and be doing all that right. bullshit behind the plexiglass. glass. Send his ass out there, get his ass whooped by Champa. Not somebody with some talent, yeah, or somebody that you actually like could do something with. But whatever. Um, so that happened. Um, and it reminded me of when he beat the shit out of Austin Theory. Remember when he beat the shit out of Austin Theory like at the beginning of this year, and then they had a rematch late, like a, a week I, or two later. I seem to recall this. Yeah, like it, it felt like that. Like it was like they're gonna have a rematch eventually, and then Atlas is gonna like probably go like nine minutes with him, and then like ultimately lose again. Um, so there was that. So um, Chama comes back Donald. and officially lets you know that he's a heel. He's back to being a sadistic badass. Um, so then you get promos from Balor and from Gargano about the the and later on even also from Cole saying you know Lander claims to good promos for next week's show. James, um, last week on the show, I literally said, "Don't book Gargano and Ciampa." And what did Triple H immediately do? They booked those two in a four-way match. Yep. <laughs> and you know what? Their, you know what the response is? Well, we said no more matches with those two one-on-one. And now my response to you is, "There, you have forty motherfuckers. You can make. You cannot put them in the match." Amazing. Amazing. Like, right. like what would Ciampa? And you know what's going to happen, right? They're going to match. How many how many DIY tag team spots do you think you're going to do? They're going to team up. Then they're going to fight. Then they're right. going to team back up. And then they're going to hold hands. And then <laughs> hit each other with a shotgun and shit. You, like. you, you got me with the hold and the hand holding one. You got me with that. Because it made me th- You remember what happened in that fucking uh, cinematic match? Yes. Yeah. 
He fucking held hands. Like, you tried to murder each other for like one last 20 minutes. Now you want to hold hands? Get the fuck out my face. <laughs> one day I will watch that match. One day. Oh, you never it, watched it? I've never watched the whole match. One day I will watch it to like, and I will live tweet the, uh, I will send messages to the group live while I do it. Oh, man. Uh, what was I going to say? Like, there is no, obviously, like, that's one of the worst things of the pandemic. Like, they took, they, <laughs> like, no, not one of the worst things, like, that's one of the worst things of the pandemic, like, that match. So, I mean, like, one of the worst things of the pandemic is that for, that forced them to want to get creative. And instead of having their, their, their four and a half star match that was in the bag that they would have had in front of fans, nah, let's, let's, let's change it up. Let's do some cinematic. They went out there and had that damn two, two and a half star match, like, for 50 fucking minutes. But whatever. Um. Yes, yeah, I think what else happened on the show. Oh yeah, so I think the match was scheduled to be Mercedes Martinez versus um Mia Yim. Um, out comes Robert Stone and Leah. He says, "I'm protecting my investment. We're not doing that match. Get out of here." Then all of a sudden, he's zoomed in on close. And all of a sudden, he fucking falls to the ground and screams. And you scroll, you look down, the camera pans down, and. <laughs> And Shossi has ran this nigga over by the foot again. <laughs> Look, if you saw, I know you're like, we're beating dead horse. This is like the third time he's ran this nigga's foot over. I agree. However, if you saw how this nigga Robert Stone was dressed, you were like, this is appropriate. Like, it's almost like, all right, we know we going to the world so many times. How can we make it to where it's still funny? Have him dress more ridiculous every single week so then you want to see him get his foot fucking ran over and then Chauncey comes out here and runs his ass over on, on like, Master Piece. Uh, I want to say, can we get this nigga some steel toe boots or some shit? Like, <laughs> oh, you want to help this man out? The cops. So, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, so run over his foot. Um, Aaliyah's helping him out. So then Sh- Shotzi comes out. Shotzi and Mia have a match. And I gotta say, this is probably the best singles match that I've seen Shotzi have in XT. Um, a lot of good technical wrestling stuff. A lot of little neat stuff that, that me, you know, Mia has a bunch of stuff in her bag, of course. Uh, so, um, at the end, Shotzi actually, uh, was about to be put away. She gets a counter and then she goes to the top and hits her senton off the top rope for the win. Um, Mia made a face like she did not like that. Could be a hill turn. I heard that, you know, there's talk that she was, um, she might be in retribution if they, you know, even figure out if they're actually going to do that. Um, but we haven't seen them on pay-per-view, but, um, but yeah, might be, they might be turning her heel, um, at a time where it's like, there's nobody that's fucking baby facing this a pure baby face in this fucking promotion. We're going to turn one of the few that we have at heel. Okay. Thanks. Um, so they did a, a backstage interview thing, uh, that was pre-taped with Candace. Candace talks about her relationship with Tegan, talks about how we, you know, we traveled the world together. I've been, t- uh, I, I lived with her when I was in Wales on tour, you know, making this dream work. Uh, she took me to see a castle, uh, in Wales, uh, and said that like, you know, once we, once we, um, recently, you know, we've been at odds, but you know, I'm, we, and we drifted apart, but, you know, um, I'm not going to let her stand in my way. And if she wants to, you know, remain friends and value our friendship, she can just come to the dark side, basically. Um, we end up getting a cruiserweight match. Hey, uh, it might work. 
turn on everybody heel. Else, it look, look, everybody else turn. Like she, she might go evil. Bro. Never know. If they turn the most generic, blandest motherfucker, <laughs> white me baby face, they have the heel before she even gets in the like. No, <laughs> save it. <laughs> no, wait. I need look. How come everybody always turns heel in WWE when, or and people rarely turn? Let me phrase that. How come everybody turns heel in NXT when no one ever turns baby face? None. None. There's no. Just- there's no like. You know, I'm on a path through redemption for the times I piss you, the fans off. I make good nah. on it, or I kind of make a save with somebody. You like, know what they do? there has to be some rare instances. Like, did Samoa Joe ever turn babyface? No, actually, he was babyface and then he turned him on, on Finn Balor. So, yeah. I can't even say that. Like, what they do is just introduce new babyfaces. Like, right. they take their spot. They don't ever turn nobody back. Right, right. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, yeah, Cruiserweight title match. Swerve versus... Uh, Santos, um, either last week or a couple weeks ago, when they were abducting and, and fucking with Breezango, um, they had this match where this is actually you no know, the week where I was like furious with NXT. It was like two two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Santos comes down to the ring to fight Breeze because they had kidnapped and beat the fuck out of uh, Fandango. And they come down with his t- with. Um, Mendoza and Wild gets halfway down the ramp, tells those two to go away, leave. So the match goes like five minutes. Breeze is working underneath the whole time. He gets the second his comeback starts, the the goons run down and interfere in the match. Right, and I was and it's like the they were having no they were having bullshit instead of matches. They were having you know. Nonsense with the Keith Lee fireball thing. That was that week. I was furious. So this week, leave the same thing. Halfway down the ramp, go away. Mendoza, go away. Wild. Then they proceed to, to wrestle. Do you know, we talk about Swerve all the time. I know you have a personal relationship with Swerve and all that and everything. Like, um, hey, bro. Um, Swerve's raw. And I talk about this all the time every time I see him on NXT. But, like, that dude is so fucking good, bro. Like, He's so fucking good and talented and has such a, so many fucking tools. Um, like, the only, I don't even know what you would want out of him more as it, from a, from a skill set to be able to go out there and have bangers and have a variety of different types of matches and tell stories. Like, maybe given his size, you might want him to do a little bit more flying, but like, what's the point? Like, he can, he can ground, rustle on the ground, he's a technical wizard, he's one of the best strikers in the world, like, he wrestles with pace, he can slow it down if he needs to, he, submission specialist, he has so much, he's so fucking complete as a wrestler, like, it was, it was, it was like, it reminded me of watching like a lesser version of like those old Adam Cole takeover matches, mm-hmm. where it's like Adam Cole's that feels like he's he's on one level, but the reason he's on that certain level is to make the make the other guy look like the star because he's the heel and he's trying to get other Zach Gibson as well, like trying to get over this baby face. And I gotta tell you, Phantasma and Swerve did all types of shit to make Swerve like he's fucking awesome. Um, match didn't go super long, but like you know they got to near falls and then. The goons came down. The hip, uh, the odds got evened with uh, the ch- new champions, Breeze Angle, coming down because you know they've been doing six uh, six person tags recently. Um, then, in all the commotion, they brought a a random mask. 
Uh, so Swerve goes to grab Santos and bring him into the ring. Before that happens, Santos puts on the mask as he's through as Swerve is through the ropes trying to grab him. Your boy reaches up Santos and he headbutts Swerve. Swerve goes out like a light and then pins him. It's clearly a loaded mask. You know loaded it's a loaded mask. mask. It's one of and it's one of those things where it's like you don't want the announcers or the refs to be. It's it, it's annoying as fuck to where you have refs or or uh, especially refs, but like also commentary be way dumber and behind than you, the viewer. <laughs> and these commentators were like, what what the hell was that? He went out on a headbutt, and then they and then you know Stu Bennett, uh, who you know Wade Barrett, who was uh, there doing commentary, pointed out, well, you know. Any headbutt can take you out. It's like, no, motherfucker. This is a, clearly a loaded mask. Like, so, whatever. Um, we'll see. You know, I don't know when they finally come to that, but, like, I don't want to see a rematch between those two. I almost swear to be elevated and moved up to, like, a, another, uh, to, you know, be one of these big faces that fill that that void that we were talking about just, uh, earlier. Like, like, look, they wanted to get creative. Like, if he wasn't in this, like, they could have just threw him in the four-way match. Like, bro... I don't know how many. This is also another one that for grinds. Grinds in a bigger number because he's a heel, and the whole fucking company, all the top stars are heels now. But like, there needs to be, or I don't know what needs to happen for them to realize, like how many times someone like Grimes or Swerve has kick ass matches or, or kick ass matches, fun bangers or great, even great matches in the time they're allotted with everyone. Swerve has had great matches with Gargano in short time, great matches with. Uh, your boy, uh, I'm sorry, Roger Strong in short time, has is one of the only few people that have good matches consistently with uh, Santos. You know, like, what the fuck? The time is now. <laughs> Keep Lee's gone. Uh, Karrion Cross is out of here. All the all the old guard is there and stale. Freshen this shit up. Like, bro, like, those four people in the match, like... I would literally have them in four programs with people. Right. Like pick, like pick one of them that you want to win the belt. Fine. But after yeah. this, like it should literally be, all right, we, we who are we going to give to uh, Johnny and let Johnny pick a guy? Who are we going to give to Champa? Let Champa pick a guy. And who are we going to give to like, you know, Cole? And then Cole, you pick a you pick like Cameron Grimes or some shit, right? Like that's what you should do, right? Like right now, the time is now for it needs to be, you know, basically a lot of the breakout guys from the last couple of years from last year, like Swerve, Damian Priest, uh, Cameron Grimes, uh, Kushida, like this is their time now. This old guard is like I don't. No knock against them or whatever else. I still want to watch them have matches, but they need to be having matches with these guys and they need to be going back and forth and feuds and all that kind of stuff and move forward. Like, if you got these four guys and it causes a glutted top for takeover, fine. Put the young guys in there with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, um, and then the main event, I, I don't think there's anything else that really mattered, but like the main event was uh, EO and Rhea versus Dakota Kai and uh, Raina Gonzalez. I'm sorry, uh, Raquel Gonzalez. I keep calling her Raina, her old name. Um, so, 
this entire match is showing you that Dakota Kai, over all the months I've been talking about, all the times that like everybody's put her over, every time she ever put over is when Raquel has won these matches for her, for her, or when someone else has interfered in her matches. Io and Rhea beat the living shit out of Dakota every time she's in the ring. Um, and the only time they get any possible momentum is when Raquel gets in the ring and uses her dominance to change, turn the tables. Um, so dominantly. They started the match with uh, Rhea and Raquel. Rhea tells EO, get the hell out of the ring. I want to fight. I, I want to lock horns with the monster. It's going to be giant versus giant. It's going to be an Amazon slamathon in this bitch. So they start to, they start to wrestle a little bit. They, they lock horns, test the strength, all that. All of a sudden, EO tags in and then EO uses her speed, quickness, and precision to thwart this, this big giant. Um, and Dakota gets in. They proceed to beat Dakota's ass. Um, Raquel does some smart stuff to change tables or whatever else, like, you know, pulling, pulling people off of the, uh, apron or whatever else. Um, then you get to a point where they get the heat on EO. EO's in the middle of about to make a hot tag for Rhea. Mercedes comes out, pulls her off of the apron and EO was stranded. And you're like, Oh my God, Raquel's about to pin EO and be the next challenger. <laughs> they tease like three different near falls that I bought all three times. Just like sitting back, I lean them back in my chair. Like I can't believe they pinned Io Shirai with this fucking noob. So every time she kicked out, then Rhea gets up, gets gets tagged in, um, and then she eats the pin from Raquel. Um, Rhea Ripley, the worst book wrestler of 2020. If if Adam Cole wins the NXT title back, then I would have to say yes. But those are two; those two are definitely the most uh, definitely in the running. Um, but yeah, so all she did is lose, bitch. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, so basically, uh, this was to set up that like you need, you now need a, if you're in the women's division, you need a gun to to actually pin Io Shirai's shoulders to the mat for three seconds, which I appreciate. I enjoy that. Um, and it's set up that like Rhea desperately wants to fight EO to get her title back. And eventually we're going to get to that match, but they're putting all the obstacles in the way to keep her, keep that match away until they eventually do it. And they're going to do it. Um, but it definitely showed it like, you know, you know, people that were saying this shit about Dakota or whatever else is like, watch the TV. I don't, don't, but don't text me that bullshit or send me that bullshit. Like she's always been a geek and was babyface or heel. She doesn't win her own matches on herself on her own. And you know, much like we were talking earlier about the protection that Buddy Murphy is for Seth Rollins, it turns out that Dakota Kai is a condom for Raquel Gonzalez, which we pointed that out a couple like a month or two ago, and here we are now. She's beating Rhea Ripley on national television, but um, that match was a good match. Um, so was the the cruiserweight match. I'd recommend that I'd probably get at three and a half, three and three quarters, and then um, the tag match probably three flat, three and a quarter. Probably not. Nah, probably just three flat. Um, but you know, three good matches on a two hour show. Um, 
decent promo stuff. Uh, you know, the booking is still scrambling because it's always scrambling because someone's always fucking hurt and they always scramble. <laughs> they have to scramble and everyone's a heel. But it was a good show. Predictions for the NXT title. <sighs> Predictions. <sighs> you know, if it were me, I'd make it Finn Balor. Um, but I don't know if that's what they want to do. So I think they will go with Champa. I was right there with you. I think they're going with Champa as well. Like and I don't mind a, it because he did like a big attack. He had to give up the belt. I know he got fucked by Gargano in Portland, right. but I think they're going back to him. Right. And I don't mind it because when he was champion, this guy. <laughs> NXT, that was the peak of NXT when he was the champion. So, Maybe. like, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that, like, you know, he's going to, like, Tommaso Trump is going to fix all their ills, but, like, that is a steady, I imagine if you're looking for a steadying force, that would be it, and you can't go back to Cole. Yeah, Cole's like, if anybody's not going to win, it's Cole. <laughs> uh, I think Johnny Gargano has less of a chance of winning than Cole does. Mm. Because Johnny Gargano never gets to win shit. <laughs> So why would he, oh now he gets to win now he's a he's the coldest he's been in the last three fucking years and now you want to uh put the belt on him thank you thank you Triple H appreciate it thank you, you. might fuck around and do that oh my god I mean look yeah. if the idea is we're so we're gonna we're gonna crank back up this match match of year factory or match of year contender factory sure sure yeah. you gotta do a, you gotta overhaul this fucking character and get rid of uh, get rid of a lot of the bullshit though um he just feels stale. He yeah. still comes out here and has great wrestling matches, but he just feels stale. Uh, but Ciampa, I, I, you know, how much longer you gonna have Ciampa? May as well. Yeah, he, he can fuck around retiring your ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the wrestling school threatening retirement. <laughs> yeah. Um, you watch Summer Struggle. We're not gonna go through it, it, but just gives a yeah, general, yeah, general I, thoughts. I, I, I'm not gonna run through it. I caught some of it. Um saw Shingo lose the belt um, to Suzuki. It was a fine contest. Hell of a match. Um, they beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, flying kicks all around and all this other shit. And Cracking like, thunderous forearms. Uh, like just Shingo's my uh, early favorite to win the G1. You, you drop hmm. your belt before the G1 and alarms start going off for me here. I wouldn't be mad at that. I... I that I would probably root for that. Um, I haven't really thought about it, but yeah, I'll, I'll get back to you on my prediction for uh, Toriano now owns uh, chaos. You know, oh, God. you know, put Kazushi Okada's shoulders on the mat uh, for three, owns them. You know, new leader of chaos, uh, Yano. Um, what else do we have on this shit? Uh, Masawato lost. I didn't watch that match. I was just trying to skip through the stuff that I knew would matter. Um, but Hiromu how was, was no the match? longer the champion. It was all right. Um, Watson was fucking a lot of shit up. So really, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but they um, had a match with Taiji Ishimori and Hiromu Takahashi. It's kind of like a shock win. They swapped the belt. So Hiromu also dropped his title before the yeah. G one. Yes. Yep. Yep. That's the reason why I was like, maybe you know. Because um, I think yesterday you told me you thought maybe um, Shingo, and then I saw this match. Like, what if this was the fi- what if this was the final? 
Could be. That yeah, would be like. Crazy. I mean, you know, we never got that match. Look, Shingo. We all versus, wanted that match uh, a year ago, or Shingo sorry, two years ago. Romo, my God. Put look. Put the five on the board, and then if it's not, then we'll change it. But put the five on the board now. <laughs> right. Like, uh, unless you're gonna do like Obushi and like um, Hiromu or Obushi and Shingo. Or Okada and Shingo, which I think you don't do in the G1. Uh, I feel like- that's probably like the one of the best matches you can think of for a G1 final. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, Definitely not Evil or Sonata. No, so, no, no, no. <laughs> the, the, this whole experiment is proof that we're past that. Like we're past that. Um, we're, we're, we're past Evil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The wrestling evil. Obviously, we got a long way to go as far as getting past real evil. Uh, yeah, the Shingo, not Shingo, the, uh, the Ishimori and, um, Hiroma match, like, I thought it was a great match. I thought that the work on the shoulder was excellent. I was scared to death when he gave him that high German on his, on, um, on Hiroma's neck, and I'm just gonna be like that for the rest of my life watching, uh, Hiroma wrestle. Like, every time he, every time he does one of these things to try to fuck with you, it's gonna work for me. It just is. Um, I decided to break his fucking neck. So, um, <laughs> I would like for him to stop fu- doing that though. And I also like, remember when they, you know, the match at the beginning of the year in February against, um, Dragon Lee when he was like teasing the fucking Phoenix Plex. Like, bro, please stop doing this. I'm getting, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it in like, like the bottom of my stuff, my pit of my stomach. Like something terrible is going to happen. Please stop playing with me like this. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, they had a great match, worked over, um, you know, worked over his shoulder, had the tape on it, um, and then eventually he ended up getting, you know, he slapped on a, a yes lock, he, he slapped on a Gargano Escape, look, he, you know, Ishimori has worked over, over in North America a lot, like, that man might have a, a <laughs> that man might have a WWE Network subscription, <laughs> that man might have been watching Daniel Bryan and Gargano, so, um, but yeah, really good match. Him. He may have, he may have, yeah. um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a great match, I'd probably give it Probably somewhere like four, four and a quarter. Um, the I didn't mention uh, the Ishii and not Ishii the um, never title match. I probably get at like somewhere between four and a quarter to four and a half. Um, I've, I really enjoyed their matches. Um, now oh, right. uh, there, there was a big suplex. Um, then the tag match. Yes, Tai Chi dropped this nigga Tanahashi right on the neck, and that bo- and that bothered me crazy. too. That bothered me like, too. <gasps> it played into the it played into the finish. Yeah, played into the finish. So like you know. I wish they didn't do that shit, but at least it played into the finish. At least it had a purpose. It wasn't just like, oh, let's just do the random spot. Oh, this shit just got, you know, this shit just got out of, out of my hand and the shit just went left. Um, but yeah, uh, that match, that match also a very good match. Um, I'd probably go three and a half, three and a, three quarters. Uh, yeah, it wasn't as good as the first match. It was not. Or the, the yeah. Dominion match where they won the titles, but... Still a good match. Played off of that with the, uh, you know, after the months and all that stuff of going after uh, Tanahashi's knees, whatever. It was just like, ain't that and ain't that fun? Rabbit got the gun. Hold this, fuck nigga. Dragon screw. Dragon screw. Dragon screw the wrong way. Dragon screw the wrong way. Yeah, I, they have those four have good chemistry together. And quite honestly, like, I don't know what it is, but. I really enjoy when Ishii, not Ishii, but uh, when Taishi's not on that bullshit. Yeah, he's he's fun. He's fun to watch when he's not on that bullshit. It's just you never know what you're gonna get with him. 
Yeah. Because you, 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 know, you saw he brought that cloud, and I was like, God damn it, he brought a cloud. And then he kicked, and then the Bushi kicked that shit. And I was like, thank you. Or the, is it the claws or the fist? What do they call it? The iron, the iron, iron claw. I right, believe. the iron claw. Yeah. Yeah. Kick that shit. Get that shit away. Keep this shit pure. If you're going to beat us, you're going to beat yeah. us legit. Um, but yeah. Then really good match. Really good match. Double championship match. Uh, the, the era of evil is over. And thank. Thank the Jesus. Thank um, the Jesus. <laughs> you know, um, well, you know, the problem doesn't go away with, with Naito having the belt, but at least like evil doesn't have that shit. Yes. Like, and, these and, matches still look, you know, they, we still ain't at no, you know, peak, peak level with IWGB title at are, this point. Are you saying that 2020 Naito is not 2017 Kazushka Okada? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes. <laughs> you no, know, I I would agree. You no, know, he's not Kenny either. He's not Tanahashi. Hell, he's hell, not Jay White. Hell, 2020 Naito ain't even 2018 Naito. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like so. 2007 Naito was so raw. This guy is not that guy. Like, if you guys need a, need a nice reminder how raw Naito was, right? Um, watch the G1 final. Yes. No, no, don't even watch the G1 yeah, final. Yeah, that's not fair. Like, that's one of, in my opinion, like, that's one of the best matches I've ever seen. Watch the match the year before he had with Kenny. And that shit is like, whoa. Like, this is like right before the explosion. Like essentially, like the Star Wars explosion really like Hell. got nuts, but like they, that was a five star match too. Watch his and, Wrestle Kingdom. Watch his Wrestle Kingdom uh, twelve main event uh, title match against uh, the first one against Okada. That match is also great too. Yeah, um, but he's got this belt now. His Ishii um, matches. Yeah, those are always pretty good because Ishii. Look, if, you think Ishii gonna let you fuck around? No. All right. Like so, I think that. Um, you know, him getting the belt back. He goes into the G1 as a champion. Let's see. Let's see how he does. Uh, I'd be interested to see if he's in the, uh, in, in the, in the real thug section that, or not. Put his ass in the B block where he belongs. You know, put his uh, ass there. I don't know if he's going to be in the thug section or not, but. Oh, because um, he's a champion. He has to be in the A block. Maybe. Yeah. Well, Kenny was in the B block as a champion. Um, 2019, Okada was in the A block as a champion. 2017, Okada was in the B block as a champion. 2016, they were in the A block as a champion, I believe. So it's gone back and forth yeah. um, more often than you think. So, um, okay. Put but, his ass yeah. in the B block. Uh, so, 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 so how would what, you give the match? Like, was this like another terrible, like, cause I didn't watch this whole match. Oh my God. It's another one of those matches where it's like, it went for 20, it went like somewhere between 25 to 30 minutes. Um, which is a definite upgrade over going 38 minutes, but it wasn't a good match. Or let me phrase that. It's a, you give it three stars, but a three star match going 28 minutes is, is not a good match. It's like, oh, okay. You guys were competent for, and it went way too long. Like, it's one of those. Like, I can see someone giving it somewhere between like two and a half to three. It's a 28 minute match. Or some shit like that. Oh, that, that is substandard. Yuck. Right. 
Um, but you know, whatever is one of those, or is one of those where people will say it wasn't about that. It was about the guy that was inspired. You know, the story with that stadium with Naito. Uh, some I, I saw a video package like he was sitting in there, so I was like, he bought a, t- a ticket to the stadium as a kid, or he wanted right. to become a wrestler. Or the something last like show, that. the last show they had there 21 years ago was the match that inspired him to want to become a wrestler. So he wins the titles back in that in there, and then you have the shots with him on the floor doing the you know, the fist in the air, um, laying on the mat, uh, with the with the pyro in the background. Like it's supposed nope. to be about so- it's, it's about that, as opposed to the actual quality of the match. So what you telling me is New Japan Pro Wrestling is now booking WWE. for the, the moments, James? <laughs> what like, a fall from grade. <laughs> well, when it comes to Naito, I guess so, because Naito is such God. a cash cow. Um, like, seriously, think of how Naito is right now. Like, you want to put that on your undercard? Look, I Naito, would. Look let, Naito, look, let Naito get his Hogan shit off, man. Stop hating. But this is what they want to do, you know. Them niggas gonna fall from all types of critical acclaim, or people can just lie, you know, and no, act we'll like it's the like, same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, they'll be like, "Look, this is all the same except the main event. Don't the main the main the main events don't count. Yeah. <laughs> the main yeah. events don't count, Rich. Like you know, the last couple of years, like this is exactly the same. You know, <laughs> there is no difference. This is you know, this is just as good. Like the Stop undercard, the cap. Like, look, the Stop undercards. The cap. Look, the undercards. Or, or, undercard matches are just as good as they've always been. The main event, we ain't counting the main events. You're not counting the main events? Why? <laughs> <laughs> On what earth are we not counting main events? Three words. Stop the cap. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really don't have anything else to talk about. So, oh, oh, one thing. Um, on Wednesday, Ceiling had their fifth anniversary show. There is the main event was a tag match between Yoshiko and Haru Matsumoto versus the best friends Arisa Nakajima and um, Sukasa Fujimoto. Um, it is better than that Queen's Quest versus uh, Donna Del Mondo tag match that you gave four and a half stars. Mm. Um, I'm not. I wasn't as high on that Donna Del Mondo match as you were. Um, I gave it four. You gave it. Four. I think you said. I think you said four and a half. But it's better. Um, so you know, uh, it's actually on YouTube. Uh, it's not like on some paywall. Where you got to go somewhere to try to find it. It's on YouTube. So like, I guess I'll put the link in the description for y'all yeah, to check it out. Through. But yeah, they beat. <laughs> they had themselves a match. Match. Uh, yeah. Uh, so. I, I, so if you know y'all got some free time, want to watch some uh, Japanese wrestling that's not New Japan, check that out. Um, so, but other than that, I think that is pretty much the end of the show. One of the um, longest ONRs of the year. So yeah, <laughs> that's the end of the show. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using to listen to this. Uh, tell the folks about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, be sure to visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Suplex and pick up some official Social Suplex Podcast Network merchandise. Be sure to check out the other shows on the network. On Sundays, we usually have the show on Nation Radio. On Tuesdays, we have Keeping the Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Rick and Clive Wrestling Podcast. On every other Wednesday, we have Grover Watches Shit. On Fridays, we have 8-Bit Suplex. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. Thanks for listening, y'all. Yeah, and shave your sack. Later, y'all. <laughs>